I'm Aaron Armstrong. I'm Pete Moran. I'm Ryan Bolton. And I'm Bill Fox. I'll be here later. And we love to watch, don't we? Don't we, folks? <laughs> we 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 do love to watch. Don't we? Don't we? we love to watch, <laughs> especially as a spook, Spooktober movie recap. Final check-in. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, oh, I had to make a record with a friend of mine. Drax back. Castles really jumping every night. They're doing the drag with drag. He gores and chain and he's doing it right. The coffins are opening Hello, Peter. Brian. Bill. 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 Let's hear from Bill. Bill Brasky? Bill Brasky. I think I think if you told Bill Fox and Bill Brasky stories, they would line up pretty well. Probably <laughs> not far off. Bill Fox once uh, pulled the spine out of a horse and used it to catch a whirlwind. <laughs> was that Mr. Ed, Peter? <laughs> that was Mr. Ed. Got it. That's his canonical end. <laughs> that's his, that sounds like a good end to me. Uh, yeah, when we love to watch a movie podcast, typically we pick a theme and do movies around a month around that theme. And if we remember, we compare and contrast. But this isn't a typical day. We are doing that. Last month, we wrapped up our cult month. That was our theme. This month uh, will probably come out either right around the same time as this episode. We're doing our uh, Be Our Guest month about the films of Christopher Guest and our Spinal Tap episode likely just dropped. But this is the time of the year that's, you know, kind of like a it, – it's a celebration of something that was beautiful, something that's died. Um, and uh, a, little, a little outside of our normal – movie watching and that's where we talk about all of the horror films we watched over the course of the holiest of our months uh spooktober we're joined by uh by ryan boland who's been we'll we'll talk about what we how, where we got up to this point uh and uh hopefully bill fox which we'll talk about a little bit too um but our goal and this has been for the last few years where peter and i have tried to watch 31 new to us uh, horror movies. Usually, uh, I've gotten in the forty range. Peter's usually gotten in the forty to sixty range in in pre COVID times. Ryan Boland, uh, Peter's best friend since kindergarten, has been doing this as well. I don't know why it took us so long to include him, but last year we had a fun text change and we're recommending movies, and and all three of us did insane numbers. We also have Bill Fox, who is uh, uh, someone that Peter and Ryan have known forever. Ryan's brother-in-law, who didn't know horror. Peter's brother-in-law. My brother-in-law. Yeah, someone's brother-in-law. <laughs> He's all of our brother-in-laws, <laughs> where, where it counts. That's why his name is Bill, brother-in-law. Uh-huh. He's, he's, uh, he's brother-in-law to the podcast. Was that not clear? <laughs> <laughs> our podcast he's married, married his a, mom? He's, he's married to a sister. A, a podcast sister? Yeah. Yeah. Our podcast, we did not condone it because uh, uh, different religion married a music podcast. And uh, Bill, of course, was – that was his sister. I like um, to think Swamp Flicks is sort of a sister podcast to this. Yeah, but that would have been like sister podcast, same religion. <laughs> Where if it covers – I like again, it's not religion necessarily, but I feel like a podcast that covers music would be kind of like a Romeo-Juliet situation if they hooked up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's a d- different worlds. Which is why um, we only talk about... album? 
yeah. around a theme. Nonsense. Which is why we always have a street scuffle before we talk about any 90s album, such as Third Eye Blind's self-titled. Well, that I don't know if you know about that podcast, Peter. That's about me and you. Oh! And what so we've it's not seen. about music. It's about not about music. It's just about us and what we have or have not seen. <laughs> it's not like a good podcast, but it is a podcast. It, it is. is I podcast. mean, yeah, that would be like if that podcast had like a sister podcast that it married that was against a religion would be like a good one that it got married to. Like huh. I don't know something that Era Glass has done. Zoroastrianism. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, but uh, so Bill was not a horror fan. Last year, we gave him 31 movies to watch. He watched those. He liked them. He was excited for this year. He was on our kickoff episode, which we did, uh, talk about what we were planning to do this year. Uh, we gave him another list of about 30 or so movies. He also has been going off the grid and just picking movies like he's some sort of grown-up. We don't <laughs> condone it. We're excited to hear about it. Uh, but he is also, unfortunately, this has been a very busy month for him. So he was not in our mid-month check-in. He has told us that he, he will grace us with his present later pre- with his presence and maybe some presents um, later. It's like when dad comes home from the business trip. And some presents. Did you bring me any beanie babies? <laughs> did you? What did you find at the airport? Oh, another Delta plane. Couldn't you at least give me an American American Airlines plane or something? Oh, they're out. Uh, yeah. So we're but he's going to be hopefully be joining us as work. Wraps up. We know we watched a lot of movies, but you know what? These are this is an episode where we just kind of talk in turns. So he'll get the last turn tonight if he shows up. If not, we'll probably do a goofy voice for five minutes, pretend we're Bill, and you'll have to hear about it on a future episode. <laughs> um, with that, guys, we watched a lot of movies uh, last year. If I remember correctly, the numbers were Peter with eighty, um, Ryan with a hundred, Aaron with a hundred and two. Where did we end up this year? I got 71. I uh, ended at 107. And I did an insane 114. Um, so I think too, like... It's I too think many? This year, like, I think that... Yeah, sense. you're like, am I unwell? <laughs> we, were at a, we were at a pretty aggressive clip. So I hit 70 basically right before... I had 69 basically right before I was gone for the last two week the, the last week. Yeah, we were all pretty there. within like five movies of each other. And then you you guys had like friends in the outside world that got married and had like uh, vacations to go on. But like that clip for me being at basically 70 before the final two weekends is it's like – that's that's that that is a that's a crazy clip even for me. So like if I hadn't gone anywhere, I probably would be in the nineties, low hundreds, yeah. something like that. Um, but uh, I was gonna say is I I still I don't want to speak for you guys. I still ended this year being like hungry for more. Like seventy still seventy one still sounds like a lot, but I still ended like wish I had another week to watch movies. It is. I agree. Like it's insane. If you, and you can look back on our, pre, our episodes in previous years, where us we were hitting forty, and we're like, you know, it kind of burned out those last couple weeks, and I'm, I'm I'm done. And I I do think there was a little bit more of a when you, when you're doing forty movies, there's a little bit more of like I don't need to watch a movie every night. You can fall behind. I think there's like you can catch like, up on the weekend a little bit. Catch up on the weekend when you don't. It can be stressful. You like. I – this started last year, but actually it was worse this year. It was worse this year because I know 102 and 114 aren't that separate. I guess although t- watching 12 whole movies is not yeah, nothing. That's significant. Um, but um, 
last year I think I hit 75 with three days to go. I went and looked and I like hit 90 something on like the day before. And I, I just realized I was going to have a couple days off work, which I already booked. And I realized that my wife was going to do a weekend at her, at her mom's, um, with the kids for like something that she, she had been planning. And I got like, I did like 30 movies in the last three days to get to that a hundred. So like, I was still kind of, I was hitting burnout just because I was like, I'm never going to get to 100 again. This is fucking nuts. I did go back to our old text change, and that, and that made me laugh because of last year. It was like there was some back and forth about that where you're like, well, there's ne- I'm never going to get this close to 100 again. I got to go for it. And and I had the same mentality because then I found a text that was like, you know, the uh, the 30th or whatever. It's like I've watched 10 movies today, and yeah. and I think if I just – stay up late tonight and stay up late tomorrow, I can hit a hundred. And like, I do remember feeling burnout, you know, that last day. Cause I was like, I probably had watched 20 something movies in two days or yeah. whatever. But, but this year was definitely less than that. I'm, I would, I November 1st hit and I was like, I kind of want to watch a horror movie. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, part of that is just because like I, so I had my first day was huge. Like I got 10 movies in on day one. Cause uh, I'd come back from a business trip. I was in quarantine while I waited for a COVID test before I like rejoined my family. And so I just, I had like, I, I, I got a insane numbers on one day, but last even last year I had like two or three days where I had like eight or nine movie days. I, besides day one, I had just a pretty comfortable clip of about a couple like big five or six movie days. But, you know, averaging in that three to four movies per day uh, range, which, again, like, it sounds like a lot. But, but consistently. But it was consistent. And, you know, and it was so it would be like, you know, uh, if I watched something with the girls during the day or at night, it was like some – which we'll talk about like a Scooby-Doo movie or something that counts. Uh, Maya and I would watch um, a half a movie a night essentially. We kind of pause. We usually read books at night, uh, like you know chapter books and stuff like that. We pause that for Spooktober, which again, my daughter is going to be very confused when no one understands that this is a holiday or how it works. <laughs> That's her own cross to bear and therapy to pay for later on. Um, but – uh, so we so that like right there, I'd watch a half a movie with her every night, and then depending on like what time, well, how long the movies were, then I just would watch two to three more a night, and like right there, that's three and a half movies a day. Even if I only got two after Maya went to bed, not including some longer times I had on the weekends, and not including the nights where I got three, and like that was, I mean, I averaged a little over three and a half per day, like. So I I didn't I didn't do any of these like weird stress tests to myself. I just like cut out everything else and I basically I think one day I watched one movie but otherwise I didn't I didn't miss a day and it averaged out to that. I remember you talking about you're like it it's almost harder to do like 40 43 than it is to try and go for big numbers cuz it also took the guesswork out of what am I doing? I mean, it sounds – it's good and bad, but you're like, okay, I've got time. I'm going to open up my list of a bunch of movies I want to see. I'm going to pick one and I'm just going to go because – Yeah, you couldn't do the like, hey, I'm only going to get to 40. Is this one of the 40 I want to watch? It's like it doesn't matter. No, you're like, okay, let's just, just like do it. And then I remember saying – I was like, yeah, and there's no like scrolling around because if I, if I caught myself scrolling for 20 minutes or 30 minutes, all of a sudden I'm like – that's like a third of a horror movie. I, I could have I could have been putting in numbers right now. I, I got to start something. So there is like a funny push towards like anytime you just have a little moment, you're like, well, I guess I'll I'll, I'll start a movie. Why not? 
Yeah, there was like, oh, I have 30 minutes. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. start. Th- I watch this anthology movie and then I'll finish it later. Yeah, I found it was good, a good strategy. Last year where I got slightly higher numbers, I think I got 82 or something. Um, <clears throat> I found it was uh, a slightly good strategy to have some anthology movies in the tank. Because if you really only have the endurance for another 30 minutes, you know, like, yeah, all right, I can... I can, I can, like, have a clean stop for the night and then not have that thing happen where you, you get 40 minutes into a movie, you have to go to bed, <clears throat> and then wake up the next day and go, what the fuck are they talking about? Or it's like a spooky thing that you're in the middle of and it's like, oh, shit, now I'm like, they I lost I lost the mood. Yeah, they set the, they set it all up, you've got the ambiance, you, you're, they've been slowly working up and then you can't just cut yourself off. No. No. Yeah, so it, it is It is weird that, like, and also, like, you know, this sounds like fucking some stupid, like, Academy Award, like, hey, gotta thank the wives, but uh, it, I I do think, like, the last couple of years, I don't know if it's just, like, uh, a oh, little I'm bit, I'm just like, gonna thank God. A, yeah, definitely thank God. I mean, God invented <laughs> TVs. Um, he was a carpenter. The first TVs were made on the <laughs> science. Um, What's this? Uh, it's a but, TV. It's a TV. It's a flat screen, you idiot. Yeah. This this wasn't always true. I think having a space where I could go and be like, okay, you're watching This Is Us because that was the show she got into during Spooktober, which she was really into. Spooky. I, I'm going to go. I know. I'm going to go watch my horror movies. Like, it just became a thing. And I also – this started last year where there wasn't like even like little like, are you really going to go watch another horror movie tonight? And I don't know – if it's, like, a little bit of a COVID sad boy thing, like, look, he's talking to his friends a lot. Like, he can't go out in the world. There's a big virus going on. Like, he just – he needs this. Like, just just support him. And I do feel like that, that has been my um, – that has been my uh, home situation at, at Spooktober. It's like, all right, well, what, what number yet? All right, we'll see you. See you tomorrow. Yeah. I think in years there's there's been a couple years when I've I've gotten thirty one or just barely cracked thirty one you know maybe got like forty um, those years were probably the ones where um, uh, my wife Molly was not completely calloused to the fact that I'm just not yeah. coming to bed for an entire month <laughs> yeah the, the, um, she like I, and so this month I this month I'd just be like. Well, you're gonna we're gonna finish this episode of TV, and then you're probably gonna get be sleepy by then. She's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would do the same thing. You're you're, you're probably uh, feeling pretty tired at the end of this, right? Are you <laughs> you you've been thinking about bed at all? You think about... So the choice, yeah, the choice is either we start something and we get 15 minutes into it, um, and she falls asleep on the couch next to me, or we're just honest with each other. <laughs> Uh, let's, yeah. let's, I've been with her for almost a decade. Might as well just call, call the shot. It's 845. You're not going to make it past 930. I'm sorry. The, I did watch, um, I watched one non-horror movie. Um, it was a documentary that Shauna was really looking forward to. And I'm like, she's like, are, are you going to watch it with me? And I'm like, yeah, like, uh, could we wait? Until she's like, just to be clear, I'm not going to wait to November to watch this. But if you don't want to watch it with me, I'm like, yeah, no, I can want. I'll watch it with you. Uh, so um, there was even like a little like, OK, like you haven't asked me to do literally anything with you at nights for the last 25 days. I'll watch this one movie you were really excited about. See if someone to talk about it with. Um, yeah, because I'm a good husband, guys. 
The other thing that did help me this year was I I purposely like sectioned off eight to ten yeah. movies that I was like, you're That's interested, important. you're interested in these, right? Okay, cool. So then if I did feel like, oh, we could we could always throw on one of these that you said you wanted to watch, like then that that let me sneak in another movie early. Yeah, Sean had a few issues. Excited, like she really likes M Night Shyamalan. We have not got a chance to talk about old, so we will definitely do that here shortly. So uh, there was like there was definitely a few um, that she, uh, she likes the Purge movies. Like that that she's like, yeah, definitely save those for when I'm I'm up for watching them. So she watched a few with me. Maya obviously watched a ton uh, with me, and then Elliot watched a few that kind of go into the really kitty side. But I watch I only watch one Masters of Horror. Um, episode i think last year i probably watched like three or four um and i watched way less of the 45 minute kids specials partially because i just was again making a good pace but partially because i just ran out like i watched like a like for example like a 20 minute mickey halloween special doesn't count like all the one most of the ones that are in my time range <laughs> that like that also match with things I can watch with young kids uh, I'm 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 really running out of now thankfully they liked the Scooby-Doo stuff we picked up at the end of the month so based on my calculations I have another uh, 300 movies that I can watch with them because uh, I don't know if you, you guys know they make a lot of those movies there's a lot which old let's start with old because Old was one that I watched with Shauna and was laughing so hard at so many different parts that I, I I did a pretty big push for both of you guys to watch it as quickly as possible. I'm interested to see where Peter ranks it because he did not rate it on Letterboxd. He didn't give it a star rating. So I'm like, ooh, what's going on? I, I gave t- two movies this month I didn't give a star rating. <laughs> the other one was Starfish because it's basically just like a music a a series of music videos. Yeah. It's like a it's like a visual showcase. Um, and I don't really want to talk about it that much. It's it's pretty. It might be one of those movies that I go back later and just give two and a half stars to. Old is genuinely a movie where I was like, my enjoyment of it was five stars. I had yeah. so much fun watching it. <laughs> I had uh, and I only spent maybe five minutes adjusting to uh, how awkwardly constructed it is. <clears throat> the it, it 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 I was laughing really hard. There are specific sequences that totally work as great horror sequences, yep. such as the cave one. Yep. Oh yeah, um, and it looks great. Like straight up a Junji yep. Ito moment. Yep. Um and then the but like as a movie, I get I I I, I can't come down on the side of whether or not um and my Shyamalan just does not know how to write actors. And does not how to know how to direct them in a way that is natural and human understanding, and isn't just people blabbing uh, um, really obvious or, or, or um, really like awkward statements at each other, like the kid asking everybody what they do for work, um, or or if this is like him trying to imitate like David Lynch or Yorg- Yorgos Lanthimos, where like. Everyone is very stilted. I, yeah, I don't, and I don't think it like is. they're doing some sort of like stage yeah. acting. No, I think he's just no. bad at writing he people. Know how people work? Like I think, like for lack of a better term, I think he's a weird dude who doesn't understand how people work. And then even his own role is like it feels that way. You're like, oh, okay. He he has two weaknesses as a filmmaker, and like there's there's a balance where this is perfectly executed, like a Unbreakable. And there's a balance where it's unwatchable garbage. Like I think uh, people – like I would say that about The Happening. Like I don't think The Happening is a fun 
Watch. Oh, I love I, the happening. The happening is so much fun. I think I think it's fun, but it's also a little too boring. And like, I, I feel like it feels more like a TV movie. Like this feels, Peter, you said it, like an arty film that's gorgeous to look at. I think this gets that like middle ground M Night Shyamalan, where like his he 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 he's he has a good instinct towards like Twilight Zone premises and horror moments, and then he has terrible instincts around how people behave and his need to wow the audience through explanation and yes this is the perfect cross-pollination of all of his best and worst instincts there were like three or four endings where you're like just stop talking just just stop trying to explain it further and then it would be another scene where you're like stop explaining it further what's going on i think if you watch this like you watch um the lobster or lost highway or something like now where human motivations are not that important um it it, it does come across it, it does make a lot of those gaps kind of smoothed over i agree also the, the last five or ten minutes he wants yeah. to have these these like very literal. That's where you lose me. Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Minutes? Very yeah. literalist sort of deliveries on on how all this works in a way that like does not add to the thematic structure of it. It makes it. It actually sucks a lot of the drama out of it. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. It, he, it's like he's. It's like he doesn't know the movie he made. Um, and the the like when the movie just works as like a strange little allegory on 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 this beach. It's it's fantastic. It's actually scary at times. It's fucking hilarious. Like, I don't think this is a movie that's so bad it's good. Like, I've seen constructed somewhere. I think that's, like, kind of reductionist and shitty, especially because, like, there are shots in this. Like, there's a very complex shot of the camera uh, winding around the beach while the kids are playing and everyone is kind of getting used to what the surroundings of the beach is. That's, like, one of the prettiest shots of the year. It's insane. Like, I have no idea how he pulled it off and made all the actors be perfectly on their mark on yeah. what's just a beach. Yeah, I definitely would not yeah. say that it's, like, so bad it's good. I definitely think it is, you know, I would not say a good so movie, but it is thing. super entertaining. Like, it can be both things without being yeah. so bad it's good. Yeah, it makes uh, me question how much technical, like, how much technical ability and realism and all these things that we value really matter. Uh, I mentioned on the first uh, check-in, I, I had wrapped up, like, the rest of the Saw movies, uh, which are terrible movies that are very, like, compelling to watch, uh, terribly ethically. Well, you ter- you a lot of times terribly acted. There was, I think Saw 6 is legitimately pretty good, and the rest are, like... Hey, I got done with it. And I'm like, I want to watch another one, and they're they're laughable. Um, Sorry, well, how many how many of them are there? There's nine. Uh, oh, we don't oh, have, okay. we don't have. I I had seen up through four, so I watched five, six, seven, uh, uh, Jigsaw, and the Spiral. We talked about that last time, uh, Ryan. I think you watched a couple. I would love to uh, outside of this podcast have a conversation with the last. I I did watch Jigsaw, Jigsaw and Spiral. <laughs> The last, the last ten minutes of Jigsaw is so goddamn good for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, it's just like, hello, I'm a different character. Yep, I'm serious. Yes, yeah, it's so good, it's so great. Um, but I did, I did get a couple more series. So I started the month with Fear Street. Um, last time I recorded, I hadn't watched the the next two. Loved the next two actually even more than the first one. I actually thought they only got better. I know people are kind of down on 1666. I think in relation to the series, that was actually my favorite, and then my um. My uh, top, my top fifteen uh, for the month. I also finished my outstanding uh, Friday the Thirteenth 
movies, which were uh, six, seven, and uh, and nine. Uh, seven's f- terrible. Uh, so here's the thing about these movies. I, I did it last year too. I watched like three or four of them, and I, I've now watched all the Jason movies. Everyone, uh, so six is like fine. It kind of works as a parody. It's the one that opens with like the James Bond. Freddy walks into frame and throws a knife at the camera and blood comes down. Like it has a lot of those. We know how silly and stupid and goofy and that that makes it somewhat enjoyable. I will say like I don't think that Friday the 13th fans understand that these movies are bad and Jason's not interesting. And the one I had the most fun with is like literally the most hated Friday movie. It's um, it's uh, Jason goes to hell. And yet, Jason's not in it. It turns him into a weird, gross, possessive-the-thing slug monster. And most people are like, that movie sucks. There's no Jason. They turn him into a worm. That sucks. Uh, Here's what I would say to those people. Four of the ten Jason movies are about trying to turn him into not Jason. Even the filmmakers don't want to use him as a character because he's boring. (laughs) Um, it's, It's a great practical effect, funny, gory, surprising movie. And the idea that it's like, but where's the hockey mask guy? Uh, I think those people are dumb. And Jason Goes to Hell is not a good movie, but it's like one of the best ones of the series. And I think fans of that series are wrong about everything. Uh, I I do want to call out um, a movie that I feel like has been completely passed over. That out of 114 movies was my third favorite after Seventh Curse and Over the Garden Wall, which I already talked about. Uh, The Candyman like legacy call fucking rules it's scary it like did all the right like what i want to see from a 25 year later sequel it left me with chills like that movie's fucking fantastic and on par with the original and everyone i follow on letterbox is like yeah it's a two-star movie i didn't like that it uh was derivative of the like i i don't understand. I know. I don't think you guys got to that one. No, it's one that I didn't get to, but I think I'm probably going to watch before next October. I mean, like, it's just like I'm super interested in the fact that you liked it makes me really just want to watch it already. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I can't speak to why that movie has had such divisive remarks, but I think some early reviews um, really like soured the pot for people. I feel like also it, there's yeah. movies that there's movies that come out. In COVID times that people had to wait a long time for that got like an extra. They got like unhyped for them. Yeah, yeah. They got like an extra bump. And then there's movies that like got delayed by a year that once we hit people actually got them, they like didn't uh, solve other problems. They didn't take away their psoriasis. They didn't (laughs) they didn't make their teeth straight. So, oh, shit, this movie sucks. Whereas like, (laughs) I think. I think there's been some nuance there. It sounds like you both hated Halloween Kills, which was another movie that I think people yeah I want to talk about that way like my too biggest, much into um, yeah big, biggest disappointment for me. Uh, we I can talk about that in a sec. So a couple other like of my on my favorite list that were big surprises. So I blame Society, which is a movie uh, kind of reminds me of Man Bites Dog a little bit um, from cool. the '90s. I don't know if you ever saw that one, Peter or Ryan. Uh, yeah, the, Man Bites Dog, the the movie that like a uh, mockumentary. Buster yeah. Killer? Oh yeah, I love yeah. that movie. Okay, so this is like the same vein where someone's like, are they can't get into film school, and so she decides to make up. She had done this like ongoing project of like asking people like, "Hey, this is how I would murder you," and eventually just decided to start murdering people when she couldn't get far in 
Film school, and it's great. It's it's five on my ranking for this Spooktober. Brandon Lede brought it to my attention, um, and it's like it's under ninety minutes, and it's great. I'm not going to spoil any twists or turns. Would highly recommend not saving that one. Does anyone at any point say, "Wow, that, that looks like real blood"? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> How are you doing this? Wow, that's um, some really good effects. I uh, ones I haven't mentioned from last time. Um, uh, the Loved Ones, which is apparently a movie that you guys were very familiar with. I, sh- my Shauna sent me like a list of like the twenty five scariest movies of the last like twenty years and asked me if I'd seen all of them and I'd seen like all but two. But the Loved Ones was on there and I never heard of it. And so I watched it and I fucking like that movie's great. And Peter apparently was like, "Hey, I sent that to you five years ago to watch." <laughs> Whenever we covered Wolf Creek, I was like, "The uh, Australians made a bunch of fucked up horror movies um, in the late 2000s early 2010s and that one and hounds of love i feel like are kind of uh yeah. of, a, of a kinship i was gonna say uh, i saw that when we when i think me and peter were still living together in college because i remember t- talking yeah, to you about it in general yeah yeah it has i don't want to spoil it but it has i think one of the most fun twists i've seen in a horror movie ever yeah. and then that same guy went on to do uh, devil's candy right yeah devil's candy is super fun yeah yeah um, I had a ton of fun. Uh, so Oculus was like one. Of, so I'll, I'll just list a couple that like scared the shit out of me. So Oculus um, had a good scary, a few scary moments for me. Uh, that was kind of the Mike Flanagan, the, his his like early movie that he, I think he made a short film on. Then he made a feature film and I never got around to seeing it. Great spookiness. Uh, and then what I think, Peter, you and I both were like, holy shit, that scared the fuck out of me. Oh, Ryan, too. I think we all watched uh, The Vigil, which was like a Carrie Nelson recommendation. Yeah, one of my one of my top of the month in the top five of the month that scared the shit out of me. The characterization of um, all of the leads is just done in a way that I've never seen before. Um, yeah. The way it depicts depicts the this the demonic figure the way I've never never really seen done before. Um, it just kind of uh, sometimes these indie horror movies they like lean a little bit too much on atmosphere. This one's like, no, we're making a big spooky haunted house movie. We're just setting it up right dramatically yeah i was worried it was going to turn into uh what's that movie um that i talked the relic from last year that was on like a lot of like best horror movies and it's like yeah i mean it's a spooky spooky slow atmospheric oh there's a lot of standing around and slowly looking and yeah and i was worried i almost didn't watch it because i'm like it was like two-thirds through the month which is the worst time to watch those type of movies but like Carrie wrote this thing on Letterboxd, who's a many time guest of the show. I was like, this is really spooky. And I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to give it a whirl. And I was I was I was rightfully spooked. I, it, was, it was good. It also has this moment like I've always said, like, uh, I think the last time I was so scared, I had to turn something off and sit for, for a couple of days was when I was in high school and I watched Lost Highway. And there's that scene at the beginning of Lost Highway where Bill Pullman is. Uh, like he he's uh he meets Robert Blake, who's a very scary person in real life, as some people, some very unfortunate people found out. Um, and he's like, I'm I'm at your home, calling you right now. And there was something about how odd everything was. I was watching it like two in the morning. And I'm like, fuck this. I'm gonna watch this in daylight a week from now. And uh, there's a moment in the vigil that very much recalls that, where I was in the same kind of like, oh, fuck this. This is too scary. I don't like this. Um, and that's great because, I mean, I watched 114 movies. There's about four that freaked me out. That's not like a, ooh, look at my giant dick uh, thing. It's just, you know, I watch too many horror movies and I'm almost 40. I don't get scared by them as much as I used to. But that one was a good, uh, good 
creepy one. Um, two more I'll call, uh, call out, and then uh, we just want to talk about my disappointment, which I think we already called out. Uh, the, uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, which uh, came out in 1932, pre-code movie. I always thought it was part of the universal horror movies. It's not. It came out kind of a lot at the same time as like Frankenstein and Dracula and stuff like that. It is uh, so fucking good. And so scary, and it's one of those like I mean, scare like I wasn't actually terrified, but it, it, it you know, uh, I think when we, we were watching Island of Lost Souls, Peter, we remarked about how those pre-code movies really sneak up on you because there's so much sudden violence and sex and like things that just didn't happen in movies that would come out um, a little bit later because the Hayes Coast basically said you couldn't do that, and so uh, this 1932 adaptation of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde really hits buttons that you're not expecting a movie of its ilk to hit um and i absolutely loved it cannot recommend it enough and then uh i do want to call out like i guess uh two more little ones um that i feel like so the vast of night which is this fun like 50s like uh radio radio show that encounters a weird sound and goes to investigate it's definitely one that after I watched it was on horror lists but after I watched it I think like you could say it's a little more leaning towards slightly spooky sci-fi than horror but also maybe one of my favorite movies of 2020 um it is like just a – I can't believe this was this guy's debut feature. There's so much confidence in the way that he's using like Altman and Scorsese techniques to overlap dialogue and do these long shots and then has some really like scary and surprising moments and like touches on the racism and sexism of the time. Like it's um, – for such a like a small movie, it is fantastic. And then False Positive, which is a movie I feel like everyone but Liam Haber – Guest of the show fucking hates, uh, but it's a movie by the guy that like made Wonder Shows as a horror movie with Pierce Brosnan, Justin Theroux, and Ileana Glazer from the guy that made Wonder Shows and about uh, yeah about someone suddenly getting pregnant and like all these weird things that are happening and is it par- like it's like a Rosemary's Maybe is it paranoia or is something super fucked up happening and I mean. It's the guy who made Wonder Shows. Something super fucked up's happening, but it's fucking great. It's amazing. I can't believe it has a bunch of like, yeah, one star. Um, and the last one, my biggest disappointment, to be honest, was I, you know, I hate saying it. I'm, I'm not going to say it's a one star movie. I'm not going to be one of those overreactors on Letterbox. But Halloween Kills is just like a movie with some a great soundtrack and some great kills. It is my biggest disappointment because, yeah, I didn't have high expectations for like, uh, you know, the Under Wraps re- remake that, that premiered on Disney Plus that I watched with my kids. I love David Gordon Green's 2018's Halloween. We covered it on the show. It was perfect. And this is a movie that like just does like story-wise, thematically, just seems to do everything wrong while still like knows how to make fucking a cool looking and cool sounding Halloween movie. Like like anytime there were multiple normal people as I say normal people on screen, it was just grown filled. You're like, okay, alright. Well, take take like, the wind out of my sails. I understand this was supposed to come out in twenty twenty in October of twenty twenty. You had a whole year to make your movie where the message is just trust the police. <laughs> like, 
When has gathering together to bring justice as a group ever done any good? It's like, oh, man, you just like... I think you like like not just missed the mark and missed the cultural conversation, but like you like lapped it eight to nine times. So that's that's a bummer because I was a pretty big fan of the 2018 yeah. one. And yeah, same here. Uh, this kind of sucks because I feel like this is going to step on the legacy of the 2018 one unless part three is like fucking incredible. Yeah, agreed. Like, and I, hopefully it does rate the ship because I think the feedback has been universally negative. No, hopefully it has some time to be like, maybe, you know, it can do like a Last Jedi to the prequels. Like, how do I redeem this theme and this story that just fundamentally does not work? And uh, yeah, I agree. It it there's there's I think still a good opportunity to to turn things around. And it's definitely not a one star movie, but it's like firmly no. a two two and a half. Like it's yeah, I, I put it off. I put it off. I think um, and, uh, because I was like, I, if I watch this as one of my last movies of the month, I'm going to be pretty mad at it. I would. I would like a whole another conversation about Antebellum, which is not necessarily a disappointment, but not a secret success. Instead, it's like if you want the village but more racist and dumber. Uh, highly would recommend uh, Antebellum. I was pretty disappointed by Peninsula, the sequel to Train to Busan as well. I think, uh, I think Ryan, you were pretty disappointed by it. I know Bill yeah. did. Hopefully he'll be here to defend it. I think, I think out of us, I gave it the worst. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think that the on foot, some of the on foot combat scenes and, um, so, and the opening are terrific, so it doesn't push it into like fully bad territory yeah. for me because there are sequences Opening's like yeah. there's there's sequences like there's particular shootout sequences where I'm like this feels really good and vibrant and direct and you feel like there's actors on the ground, but when it turns into like a Fast and the Furious uh, soul drift, it's like absolutely miserable. Yeah. Um, it's it's like. Yeah. It's it's this fake overprocessed blur of images, and it just doesn't it doesn't click yeah. with any part of my brain. And it doesn't look good, like the actual CGI, which is yeah, forgivable sure. overall. But but like you see it a couple times in the beginning of the movie when they do some of the, the you know the vehicle shots, but they're pretty sparse. It's it's just sprinkled in, so you're like, oh okay, you know you got to do what you got to do to make the movie stick together. But then the you know the entire climax is this huge car chase that is just full of ugly cg like i mean i had plenty of issues with it i i was ready to like it and you know me is yeah. you know i'm it's, well, a, it's a zombie it's too you're like fuck yeah and and i think that was part of the thing too is is the opening they they set a tone that's like vastly different from the rest of the movie and i was on board with that that opening scene is great and then it just drops off uh, yeah, uh, my last little, like, secret surprise, and then I'll turn it over to Peter, is um, one of those, like, well, when I run out of movies to watch with the kids, I guess I'll have to watch these. Uh, and I ha that happened. I watched all three Hotel Transylvania movies. Uh, they're pretty good. I, <laughs> um, I mean, the problem with those, like, non-Pixar, non-Disney, like, anime movies, there's so much garbage uh, that you, like... You're like, oh, good, another Ice Age movie. I didn't know that um, these movies are directed by uh, uh, Tarkovsky, who did Samurai Jack and that Primal Show. Everyone. Oh, really? I didn't know that either. Yeah. Oh, Jendi Tarkovsky. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. I guess Tarkovsky I makes I, other it, different good movies. Yeah, Tarkovsky makes movies about – it's sort of a hotel. Oh, it's really just a single room. 
And it's in the middle of a demilitarized zone. It's like a forbidden zone, like a hotel with monsters. I, I, watched, I watched a bit Samurai Jack growing up, but I, I did watch Primal, and I liked that a lot. Yeah, so, like, it's actually, like, made by a pretty, like, a pretty well, uh, 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 you know, like a director who has a lot of gags. The third one, I think, really, f- when I read, like, oh, this one feels like a lot of the Samurai Jack ep- uh, energy, and the third one was my favorite. But the thir- first one's pretty good, and the second one uh, is is fine. Hotel Transylvania movies, despite it has Adam Sandler doing a stupid voice, uh, it are good. Were they better than Hubi Halloween? Yes. <laughs> I, I didn't mind Hubie Halloween. Uh, it's a less stupid voice. So stupid that he is not um, – he's not even returning for part four. It has a, a, a Adam Sandler impersonator. He's still like the producer on these things and everyone – No, is, he's just not not voicing it. He's like, you know what? I don't even need to go in the studio for a day. He had one, he had one guy go, would have had, would have had, would have had to do this. And he goes, you nailed it. You're good. Get in. Whatever the voice is. Yeah, it's just, it's just like a Dracula. He's doing like – if you picture Adam Sandler doing a, what, what do we have here? Like that's, oh, okay. it. that's all it is. Yeah. He's not like – he's not the funny part. But like Andy Samberg, who is like almost impossible to not be funny, is really good in it. Selena Gomez is very funny in it. Uh, Steve Buscemi, like his regular cast of characters has some funny moments. And it, it just has a lot of like great visual gags and like uh, Looney Tunes style energy. That is probably more um, Tartakovsky than uh, than like the actual writing that makes it a lot of fun and good. Like it has like when you're watching with kids, like like you you don't want movies to be like trolls. Like trolls messages that uh, kids who don't want to be hugged are are bad and wrong. <laughs> Not a good message for kids. <laughs> like it's okay if you don't want to be hugged, child. Um, you know, these, these movies are about, like, getting over your prejudices and stuff. Like, it's good for kids. I, I, I know it's, like, not, like, uh, opening the world up or anything with its messages, but, like, some of these animated movies, I don't know if you guys know this, have fucking terrible messages for children. I didn't I didn't realize that until my sisters started having their kids and stuff like that, and I, I put on, like, Lilo and Stitch, and the opening scene of that is just... Like, her doing a bunch of shit that kids shouldn't be doing that's, like, super di- – I mean, like, just, like, around her house. They and they were it out of Disney Plus, yeah. Cause, like, oh, they do? And hides in a dryer. Yes. Like, they, she does a bunch of stuff like that, and they're like, yeah, this is why we don't usually put this one on. It's like, it would not have ever crossed my mind because I don't have kids. It's just like, I remember seeing this when I was whatever years old, and it was fine. You're like, oh, yeah, there, there's, like, a different layer to this where you're like, yeah, what's the message here? What are they, what, what are they telling them? Yeah, there is a, like – this has been memefied to death, but like, go watch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer with your kids, and you'll be like, "Oh wait, <laughs> no." Uh, they kick the gay kid out, mm-hmm. and the kid that's slightly different. We, and then when they're useful for capitalism, they allow him back. We watched that last Christmas for the first time in a long time, and there was a lot of, "Huh, all right." There's like, "Oh, I, I kind of didn't remember quite quite how this went." Yeah, uh, Peter, what was good? What's some fun things you accomplished, like, series-wise or things you want to get to? What were some misses? Some of the highlights or, I guess, like, surprises were um, The Medium, um, which is a Thai-Korean movie, which scared the shit out of me. Um, Definitely in the top three movies I watched this month, like, that's definitely going to be some of my favorites of the year. Um, 
terrifying. You never know with these Shutter movies because, like, there's also, you know, speaking of another, like, Asian uh, movie that I had not heard of before Shutter acquired it, Queen of Black Magic. Just okay. Some good sort of spooky, spooky moments, but it's largely just, like, a gross-out haunted house, and it's all stuff that you've seen done better in Satan's Slaves um, by the the writer of that movie. Um, The medium just, it's... It's like it just keeps dabbling in subgenres and then outdoes everything you've d- you've seen in that subgenre. Like they're like, all right, we're gonna do a paranormal activity thing, and then it's gonna be scarier than anything in paranormal activity. <laughs> like we're gonna do an exorcism scene, and it's gonna be scarier than anything you've seen in an exorcism movie. Um, we're gonna do found footage, and it's gonna be some of the most scary, just you know, uh, sh- like uh, chaos of found footage sequences you you're gonna see. It's also more dramatically grounded than I think any movie I watched this this month, maybe. Um, like, I, 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 I hurt for the characters when I was watching this. Um, Medium is so good. Yeah, I uh, uh, did that thing where it's like, oh, it's a little too long for this late in the game for me. But uh, Same. I definitely want to watch it, yeah. I love yeah, The Wailing, I, too, so. Yeah, when I, once I realized I was running out of time, I just prioritized ones that I was like, this will hit me, I think. Um, one of them that I put on because I wanted something to watch with my wife and I wanted something light was Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Uh, I didn't grow up watching Elvira. I watched a little Sven Gulli growing up. Um, just a bit of Sven Gulli. Just a splash of Sven Gulli, yeah. Um, but I didn't uh, wa- I didn't watch it, but I did sometimes double take up the video cassettes as I walked by it in like a Sun Coast. Yeah, and then picked your jaw off the ground. Yeah. Uh, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> this is just out? This is just out <laughs> in the, the cases? Shouldn't this be hidden Stamping away? your feet. Shouldn't this be behind that red curtain room? Uh, I feel like, shouldn't they lock up Aaron in prison for being a horny in the Sun Coast? I'm too horny! <laughs> <laughs> Um, that one was super fun. I'm really glad we watched it because of, uh, well, I watched it because of, uh, the Swan Flex podcast and also Ryan saying that he liked it. It was like, all right, yeah, we'll, we gotta sneak this in. I love when Shutter just grabs shit like this that I otherwise probably wouldn't have watched. Um, because the, the buried entry is so low. Um, uh, it kind of reminds me of Wayne's World in a way, because it's like meta textually about the show being a show for a bit. Um, that one took me by surprise, too. I was expecting yeah. that being like, again, did not grow up with it. Did however, and I was like, there's a lot of charm to this movie. And it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the jokes are really good. Some of them are, are total cornball. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the sex jokes I, I just really enjoyed. Um, I like I like that little horny viral lady. Too. She's horny. She's um, horny. Yeah. Uh, Clove Hitch Killer was another top of the list one for me. Um, I've been putting it off for a long time because I was like kind of sick of the true crime. I mean, it's, it's a fictional crime, but kind of sick of the true crime thing because they always offer these sort of pat answers for why serial killers do things. Um, this movie is so much more than that. Um, it's not just like, well, a crazy guy did something crazy and we'll never understand why. Um, it's uh, it's so much more complex than that and chilling, like very chilling. Um it very much into Clovich. Also, Clovich is not a uh, gross-out, gory movie, so like I kind of appreciated that that one and the medium both like felt like real movies to me. Um, because I watched a lot of just quick aside, I watched a lot of um, indie horror movies that uh, didn't quite work as dramatic pieces, but they were primarily dramatic pieces. Um, like Starfish, wasn't a huge fan of that. Um, Lose the Flower of Evil, which is about like a cult in the Colombian mountains. Pretty photography, but bad movie. 
Um, the uh, Before I Wake, which is a Mike Fl- one of my few Mike Flanagan things I haven't se- I had not seen. Um, Before I Wake is like set in a typical Mike Fa- that Mike Flanagan fashion. Like seventy percent of it is drama, and thirty percent of it is spooks. And the spooks are pretty good. This just you know it's stuff he did better later. Um, and the drama is so bad. Kate Bosworth is not a very good actor, and I Tom Jane tries very hard, but you hey, know, he's he's Tom Jane. He he just wants his kids back, he you know. Back. In this movie, he literally just wants his kid back. <laughs> good for him, though. And then one that did work as like an indie drama that worked for me as like a drama, primarily horror. Second was After Midnight. I think Aaron, you watched that. I did too. I did. Yeah, oh, nice. I love. I Thanks. um. I haven't seen the battery. The reason that After Midnight was on my radar, besides the like uh, our our Justin Moorhead, Aaron Benson um, connection, uh, was that you really liked the battery, and I saw it was the new movie from them. I never saw the battery. Uh, After Midnight is a movie that I was like, I think this is a three star movie until the last fifteen minutes. I'm like, oh, it's a four and a half star. Yeah, yeah. Ryan, what do you think of it? Uh, I really liked it. I was just i I had trouble. I think my brain uh, combined. I think I had seen the trailer for it a long time ago. And then it, like, reminded me of another movie I can't put my finger on. So, I remember texting you guys when I was, you know, 15 minutes in. And I was like, I think I've seen this movie, but, I, it, like, it's new. I, I would remember if I'd seen it. And then it, it got, you know, a little further. And I was like, I haven't seen this movie. And then once the actual ending and, like, the even just the karaoke scene and stuff like that, I was like, yeah, I've never seen this movie. Okay, cool. But, but no, I really liked it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I ended up digging it a lot more than I thought I was going to from the initial because it's kind of like a movie about a scumbag guy and the movie has a lot of sympathy for the scumbag guy. And I was like, is this ever going to come home to roost? And then when it finally comes home, you're like, okay. And what was it called? The uh, Gorilla Fart? The Gorilla Fart. Gorilla so Fart. The tray, the rubber mat. That's The catch. Drain it into a glass. Oh, the catch. The catch of the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> you pour it in a see that's what it should be called i'll have the catch of the day it's your free drink the spillage from everyone else's drink it's fucking gross <laughs> i'll never forget gorilla fart though um uh, uh, a couple is it uh is there gonna have a sequel gorilla farts two back in the action <laughs> <laughs> gorilla fart versus dunstan from dunstan checks in that's the full time dunstan <laughs> uh, Mighty Joe's beef. <laughs> Tell me more about this beef. <laughs> um, that would kill Bill Paxton. That's like that's that's what got him. That's what got him. I mean, I don't I don't know why the sequel to After Midnight's called Gorilla Fart Two, <laughs> but I'm on board. I mean, uh, they had an initial title that was way better, and then it was it was already taken, and then they were like. And then I think their distributor was like, you should try this title after midnight. And I was like, uh, I don't think you should. That's very generic. <laughs> yeah, it's very generic. Um, one I liked but didn't like love love um, was Censor. Uh, oh, I love that one. That was actually in my top five. I just didn't yeah. talk about it because. It has an absolutely gorgeous set of cinematography and like some of the scares in the final act are great. But I, I think I think. Uh, um, I never quite adjusted from it it seeming like it was making some sort of broader social satire, a broader social message, and then ends up just being very specific and personal and small. Like, I don't think I ever quite adjusted to the, the rescaling. Because when it starts off, it's like, the scale of this is huge. And it's oh, yeah. You think it's like these... an idea of, like, uh, censorship and Margaret Thatcher video, like, all that stuff. It very much becomes not that at all. That's all yeah. the nice setting. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, which I which I liked. I mean, I the ending was like the one of the best endings I saw all. all yeah, year. the I mean, ending really was great. It, it was really it. solid. Yeah, I I really liked it. I just had some trouble adjusting to like what it actually was, as opposed to like what it promises to be at the beginning. Well, I'm sure if it knew if the movie knew you felt that way, it would sing you that one Coldplay song where it says, "I never meant to cause you trouble." <laughs> I never meant to do you huh? <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna let him go. I'm saying it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> oh, is that one that guested Julia Childs in there? <laughs> sure that's, that was a, I mean, that's better than I can sing. But I'd be like, oh. Uh, no, I think that was a pitch perfect. Like. To be clear, on every other note, I was not trying to do any singing. <laughs> I was just talk singing. But I think in that one part is specifically where I nailed Chris Martin. Uh, oh, yeah. I do think so. That, yeah, the only thing that I didn't get, like, perfectly right was marrying a very annoying woman for eight years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're more of a goo than a goop guy. I'm not. Yeah, I'm a, I love my goo. I don't I'm like big goop. Fan. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you had a podcast, it would be called Goo, There It Is. Yeah. If. If you had a podcast. On my, pod- <laughs> on my podcast, I would not recommend things like, I don't know, put your dick in a cabbage for a little bit or whatever. <laughs> Goop recommends. It's, it's vegan. <laughs> You're going to want a Bloody Mary today. And what you should really do is put all those vegetables up your vagina. I don't I don't remember what it was. They'll pick this one around. This, this is very off topic. But the, I do remember something from it's a few years ago where, where there was like a goop product that was like, yeah, put all this lotion up your vagina. And everyone's like, do not put that lotion up <laughs> your vagina. shove a handful of you this lotion. so sick. There's no such thing as, like, v- vaginal rejuvenation lotion. You'll die. Mm, that's <laughs> like, when they get you. The whole dying thing. Yeah. that's um, And that's when they sell you the pussy candles for the <laughs> grieving afterwards. That's how you got to clear out your... The only way to get rid of the lotion in your vagina is the pussy candle. Oh, I meant, I meant at the funeral for dying from the from the vagina lotion. You just light a couple pussy candles. That's re- Those are reactive pussy candles. Proactive pussy <laughs> yeah. candles. Though legally you can't buy it unless you're being buried inside of a goop branded yurt. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> uh, what else did I like? Humanoids from the Deep was a banger. Love it. Great one. Great, great uh, Roger Corman. Just a big gloopy, splattery. Uh, Speaking of, mess of, of goop, this is gloop. Goop, there it is. Um. Till Death was a big surprise uh, because if I would have never ever watched it from the cover on Netflix. Um, no, it looks and, it, and also it takes its name from that terrible fucking Fox show starring Brad Garrett and <laughs> the, the fifth the fifth most annoying character from American Pie. <laughs> Brad Garrett um, is in American Pie. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what uh, I was the, the two leads huh? of Till Death were uh, no Brad Garrett, and then pies. like who's the ki- who's the guy that fucks Stifler's mom? I don't know. <laughs> that guy. He's not Chris Klein. The pale guy. He's not the, Henry Rowe. The, the curly hair from Rookie <laughs> the of the Year. Who's the young pale Victorian boy? The, the awkward teenage boy from American Pie. <laughs> yeah, he has a he has a sailor hat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
He wanders in from the fog. He's always reading poetry out by the... He has the... to run home to poop. Yeah. He was in the show till then. <laughs> With Brad Garrett. And did he I fuck for like Brad Garrett's mom? It ran for five seasons? He just would not lonely. stop fucking mom. <laughs> Probably. Everybody asking to stop. Politely, too. So Till Death is a good movie. It. Yeah. <laughs> Better than that Brad Garrett. <laughs> Better than that Brad Garrett mom fucker or whatever. <laughs> mom fucker Brad Garrett. <laughs> oh man, it, hey, yeah. Brad Garrett doesn't fuck your mom. He lovingly tries his best. Uh, my brother's fucking my mom. <laughs> Ray He's adopted, honey. Why? What? <laughs> Episode is titled um, my, my Adopted Brother Walks In on Me and My Stepmom. <laughs> Some very sad boy on Pornhub was like, This isn't quite what I wanted. Ah, <laughs> uh, what are you doing? I don't know if I wanted Raymond. Brad Garrett fucking Debbie Reynolds while Peter Boyle and Ray Romano watched. <laughs> well, I know that's what I wanted. <laughs> that's when you find out that he was never raised brother he was just like their cabana boy <laughs> i mean once the complaints in the comment section of the video gets too high they gotta change it to stepbrother <laughs> <laughs> yeah till death is good um very very tight it goes i think it, it's one of those movies that i feel like if you cut like 10 minutes from the ending and made it a little bit less um it, it goes like two or three steps too far i think beyond believability um other, other than that, uh, like just just lovely. The uh, another one that I liked a lot more than I think the like letterboxed people that I follow, um, Werewolves Within. I love that. That was in my top ten. Yeah, it was yeah. great. Super I, funny. I, I adjusted my. Um, I I guess I thought it was going to be more goofy. Um, what we do in the shadows comedy at first. Like, I think that's how it was kind of sold to me. And once I adjusted into mostly horror with a lot of very funny characters, um, I think it, it lands both of the comedy and the horror really well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think it, it has a coziness, particularly in the cabin sequence that I like just, I think yeah. speaks to, speaks to the quality of the director. Uh, I also watched this month scare me by the same director. Um, and uh yeah i found both of them really charming um worlds within a little bit more because scare me is is sort of just like an experimental piece like i don't know if i could see myself watching it again uh i was, I was impressed by it but i don't think i could watch it again worlds within is like feels almost like a comfort movie um yeah. i could definitely watch that again yeah i watched scare me last year and on paper it sounds like something i would hate i mean like it, it, it it's like it definitely feels it's you know pared down to whatever the three four people total I mean, most of the time it's two to three and it, it feels very, uh, for lack of a better word, description, just like very theater kid inspired. But then it still yeah. it still ends up being a pretty solid movie overall and, and drew me in, too. I remember it had some good commentary on the uh, uh, the meet cute uh, Manic Pixie Dream Girl stuff that I liked a lot, too. Yes. Yes. Um, and uh, another one that really surprised me that I really liked was A Mare, which I've been putting off literally for like five, six years now. Um, the uh, A Mare is by the couple, <clears throat> by the couple who made uh, Strange Body, Strange Color of Your Body's Tears, which I, you know, is a gorgeous to look at movie, but I just I never connect with it whenever I've seen it. And then um, they made the absolutely incredible um, Let the Corpses Tan. 
Let the corpses tan the floor. <laughs> I was thinking more like, let the corpses tan. Um, <laughs> let the corpse. <laughs> Is Chris Martin in the house? <laughs> <laughs> For legal re- reasons, I'm Chris with a K. Um, but yeah, uh, Amer was uh, yeah, directed by Helena Catet and Bruno Forzani. Um, just... Uh, it's, 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 I've seen it described as a dry run for, um, but for, um, Strange Call of Your Body's Tears, but I think That's it's actually I... about something. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely going to watch that last year because I avoided it specifically. I love Let the Corpse Stand. I think I pushed you really hard to be like, no, Peter, this is extremely your shit. I love this in a way that Strange Color didn't connect with me. Part of the reason I've avoided Amir is that like, it sounded like, oh, this was like the arty project that 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 announced their intention, but they didn't really like you know uh, uh, really hit their mark until Strange Color, and I was like, oh, I really like Strange Color. Yeah, Amer also has um, some absolutely uh, one of the grisliest, grossest things I've watched this month. It's not wall to wall gore, but there's there's definitely like straight up horror stuff in here that like yeah. <laughs> Made me feel very uncomfortable watching it on a plane. Yeah, I was about um, to say you watched this on a plane. I think. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's an it's an artsy movie. I'm not going to fall asleep on this plane. Like, I'll 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 enjoy this in like the context of my laptop. I didn't think it was going to be that nice looking because I thought it was supposed to be like a very cheap movie. Um, and it actually was very nice looking. Um, let's see. Not for the kids sitting next to you, though. Yeah, luckily it was a like a, a um, an older woman. Um, <laughs> yeah. I probably would have watched nothing. Um, one that was a fun surprise is The Deeper You Dig, which I mentioned is directed by um, directed by a, a husband and wife couple um, that, that call themselves the Adams Family. Super fun. It's a little bit all over the place um, in the way that like early films by, um, you know, visionary directors can be. But uh, it just made me... The promise here is really great. It's actually pretty creepy. The performances are really good, especially for one of these indie movies. Really excited for whatever they come up with next. Um, Ed, there's an Ed Gein movie I watched called Deranged that I had a lot of fun with. Um, and uh, strangely enough, it features in Censor. Yeah. That's the movie that got through the video nasties filter um, that, you know, supposedly someone killed somebody because of um so that was just an ironic uh a timing thing um and then yeah there's a few others that i thought were like okay corpse bride jake's wife um uh the hunt really great concept but um ultimately it's just kind of this like watered down satire it's yeah, really fun. really fun as a thriller yeah, fun though. to watch I would recommend having any sort of perspective. It's South Park politics. Which yeah, is the most this an- anarcho-centrism where it's like yeah. everybody's dumb except for me. Yeah. What if caring about things is dumb yes. at all? Yes. And that and, includes, and- which are equal in my book, caring about the environment and global warming and caring about excluding black people. <laughs> yes, it's um, it's a it's a fun it's, it's a equal- fun as a thriller, but it um yeah the the politics of it are um. It's somewhere between non-existent and um, absolutely abhorrent. Um, and then uh, one that I just loved the fact that it was on Shutter, but like would have been kind of annoyed if I had done any more work to hunt it down was the McPherson tape. Oh, yeah. I watched that, too. <laughs> it gets a lot of credit for like, great idea. <laughs> Maybe. Of, 
yeah. made me think a little bit. I don't know. Like, I get, I get that you're shooting. So it kind of is like it really is the first found footage movie, and because like there is like the Cannibal Holocaust and a few things like those, but those are like specifically documentary. Cl- uh, crews and they find the footage this came out in 88 and it's like the first example of the Blair Witch thing which is or not even Blair Witch thing like I'm shooting a video camera for my personal use and I catch something crazy on and so like it should get a lot of credit for like eventually essentially inventing a type of horror movie that still works I think in, in many cases very well today it uh, doesn't do anything that's not super silly with that premise it's so it's so cute and corny like there's not even a there's not even one second that i was even anything approaching scared um i next year i do so that same director then made uh the same type of movie with a little bit of bigger budget as a fake fox tv special in 97 uh, that's never been released anywhere, but I did find it on Vimeo. Uh, I'm going to try to watch it next year called Incident at something Lake or something. It, yeah, Incident in Lake County. Yeah, that's that actually is supposed to like take the premise and make a less silly movie. God, yeah, I, I'll, I'll definitely want to check that out. Hopefully Shutter will gobble that up. One that I think has some of the gnarliest slasher effects and the grossest stuff. Definitely the grossest stuff I saw this month was Dream Home, which is this Chinese movie I've been trying to see for a long time. Or I should say it's a Hong Kong movie that I've been trying to see for a long time. Um, gnarly, but like ultimately it doesn't quite marry its like drama half to its slasher half. And it just makes you really di- like uncomfortable in a way that I don't think is intentional. It, however, does have an ending that... Um, made me laugh not quite on the same level as the ending of that movie Remember Me where Robert Pattinson reveals that he's standing in one of the World Trade Center buildings um, it's it not on that quite on that level hope but you have a good day at your first day at work hon oh no it's 9-11 <laughs> flipped through the counter oh no 9-11 and I'm on the World Trade Center for my first day at work I came to the office on 9-11? I should have called in sick today. On the on the zeroth anniversary of 9-11. I guess spoiler <laughs> alert for Remember Me. God, this, <laughs> this movie I, I was just going to check out tomorrow, you know? This is somewhat related. It was it's, too late in yeah, the month. Sad temper. It was too, <laughs> too late in the month to do a huge push for you guys. Um, but the Poughkeepsie tapes was added to Shudder in the last week. And I really like if it had been the first week, I would have made a big push for you guys. Oh, to watch really? That because I was yeah, I was. La- I, I remember I watched it last year, and I sent you a couple guys a couple clips from it. It starts out as like this creepy, like this movie so fucked up, and it becomes the one of the fucking funniest. Like it's up there with old and like an execution and an idea that doesn't quite match. But they it has that thing that that clip that I watch once a month. That's like yeah, and he would have been the biggest serial killer in the world. If it wasn't for 9-11. Peter had a copy of that, like, ripped from somewhere in college. And yeah. we started watching it. And and I think that I got a little too weirded out. And it was, like, very early on. Like, he's still, you know, I'm, I'm killing people in their kitchen and stuff. Or, like, or like knocking them out and stuff like that. And I think that I was just, like, you know, in a weird mood, whatever. I'm just being like, uh, I don't want to watch this really. I don't think. And, um, I did see it was on shutter. I wasn't sure if it was worth even checking out again. Honestly, I added it to my list, but I, I would have, I would have thrown that in there at the end. 
I think it is, but like it start like it starts out creepy and then it becomes not creepy at all and then gets progressively funnier and funnier. Like <laughs> you just have all these scenes of like this guy in a weird clown makeup going, and then I'm gonna kill you. And, like it, it's like it's 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 bad. It's so bad, but it's so fun. Um, in the wrong way but like it really does have that found footage you're gonna see a serial killer there's like a he like kills like a 10 year old girl but there's almost also almost no violence and i don't think they have the budget for gore effects so it's like off-screen screaming and stuff like that which i think at first makes it seem super eerie and then eventually when they try to replace that with uh weird clown dancing and talking heads complaining about 9 11 <laughs> <laughs> loses it a little bit <laughs> it's so that funny. darn 9-11 because I remember that was part of it was like I feel like since we since we just had a random MP you know three or, or uh, MP4 um, whatever it was a WAV see, file yeah, it had like a reputation see I bought it exactly a shout factory yeah sale. you're like all right Sure. I feel like it was like, is this is this somebody getting actually home abducted? Huh? Is it? Am I getting oh, yeah. Blair Witched? Yeah, I think. Yeah, we watched it, and then I remembered the first half hour being very scary, and then I pseudo recommended it to you, Aaron, at some point, and then that's I think how you get, came around to being like, what is this? I should watch it. <laughs> so yeah, I, cur- I, I inverse cursed you. It was – it's one of those ones – like I have one called uh, Last House on Dead End Street that I didn't get to this year that I bought that's like one of those like, hey, this movie's going to fuck you up. Like it's a terrible movie. It's one star because it's just so messed up. And I – Poughkeepsie Tapes was one of those that I kept like wondering if I had the stomach for it each year. Uh, I don't think Last House on Dead End Street from what I understand takes that same turn of uh, to silliness. Um. But this one absolutely does. <laughs> nice. One that surprised me, like, I didn't, like, love it, love it, but one that surprised me, it genuinely creeped me out, and it has some insanely good imagery and a great Patrick Wilson performance is In the Tall Grass. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's been on It's been on Netflix for two years, and I was like, I was like, eh, like, I don't know if I want to watch people wandering around the grass for <laughs> 90 minutes. It turns out that's, like, the first 20 minutes and then, like, part of the finale, but, like, the movie really really blows that concept up to like this cosmic horror possibly folk horror um size where it's like very much about um there's no clean answers it's very much about this like mysterious event that just kind of happens it it takes the right tact where like old is like let's explain everything in the last 15 minutes (laughs) this movie is just like nope this is a this is a big fucking mystery you just want people to see if people can get out of this this crazy maze um and i was pretty impressed the photography is gorgeous i was pretty impressed with some of the scares there's a few there's a few horror images in this that i'll just like never forget and Patrick Wilson, who's just, like, kind of gets lost in a lot of conversation, is just, like, an, the MVP of this movie. Everyone else is giving kind of bland to, you know, whatever, serviceable um, performances. Patrick Wilson is so good. Yeah, Patrick Wilson's great as a creep. He's a good yeah. creep. Yeah, he's a good creep. Um, and then um, the last one I'll mention is When a Stranger Calls, which at the first 20 – you could just watch the first 21 or 22 minutes and it would just act as like a short story of retelling the When a Stranger Calls story, the babysitter, the calls coming from inside the house story. Um, 
And then it has a middle that's like kind of okay. And then it has a great last segment or last section, I should say. Um, and so definitely recommend When a Stranger Calls. And next year, I'm going to watch the 1993 sequel that people say is like a made for TV movie that's actually really good. So. Oh, interesting. Awesome. Uh, Over the Garden Wall was just, I, I was very apprehensive at first because I, I don't generally like the like adventure time kind of modern cartoon network sensibility i don't think any of it's bad it's just like it's not for me and um fans of that stuff are like obsessive yeah and and so like me being like yeah adventure time makes me laugh a little bit it's like no you need to have a backpack with bemo on it and you need to have (laughs) you need to have this like is your ringtone not making bacon pancakes by jake No, it's 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 not. Um, though it's I not, have met, I'm a like, buff six baby. To, I can do like a man. I can fuck a man. I can fuck a man. But yeah, I, I I like all those shows and all the stuff that it was associated with. Like, but just like they're not really for me. Um, I think they're well made. They're just not for me. And um, but uh, this one, I like was watching it and I was like, is this just gonna be like lol random shit and then by the second episode so whatever 12 minutes in i was like no i'm hooked this is amazing christopher yeah. lloyd as the, the huntsman or the woodsman so I was like, good i was like oh wait no this is taking actual drama this is this is performing actual trauma it's a great cyclical story too and like um i just like it has some very scary moments combined with its funny moments. oh yeah my kids my kids end up loving it but like like i i still laugh Every time they're like, we're going to burgle those turfs. <laughs> Great life. I uh, I agree, though. I was surprised with how many things came around just in general. Because cause a little bit because of, of Adventure Time style, like you were saying, Peter, was – I just kind of – when you're thrown in, I was just like, all right, this is, you know, what's happening, whatever. And I watched – I started it with Mallory and then she obviously was liking it. So, I was like, okay, I'll watch it with her for throughout. But she was asking by episode two. Hey, hey, why is that guy? Why is that kid have a kettle on his head? Why is it like? And it was like stuff where I was like, I don't know, just like weird stuff. Don't worry about it. And then it's it actually comes around. You're like, oh, okay, oh, I I just figured, you know, weird shit, whatever, go with it. It's got a lot of heart. Yeah, we actually like I didn't log it twice, but we actually watched it like two or three times because my kids. I was gonna say I kind of want to rewatch it just whenever in the next couple months. Oh yeah, it'd be extremely easy to to rewatch. It's it's so delightful, and the fact that it's in like ten minute short stories basically guarantees that um, it will age well. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not like, six seasons. It's yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Uh, my, even my kids burned down on Adventure Time. I think we only got like six seasons in, and we watch every episode of Steven Universe, which is uh, greater than Adventure Time. Yeah, let's take a break. What's he building in there? What the hell is he building in there? He has subscriptions to those magazines. He never waves when he goes by. He's hiding something from the rest of us. He's all to himself. I think I know why. Um, hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. It's your boy, Ryan Boland. Is that true? Yeah, it's your boy, Ryan Boland. It's your boy, Ryan Boland. It's your boy, Ryan Boland. Yeah, I was thinking more like, it's your boy, Ryan Boland. Okay, well, I'll work on it. I've got time. Do. 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 
line. I like how quickly I was. I work on it, and you still somehow cut me up. Do. <laughs> I took the note. I said I'd work on it immediately. Yeah, you probably should do that. <laughs> I'm just agreeing with me. Hey, uh, Ryan. Yeah. It's it's Ryan. Much better. I want to hear. I want to hear a chin up. I can't see it, but I want to hear <laughs> Any other week in American history, and this would have been a serious national sensation. Serial killer kills cop using justice system. <laughs> Come on. But then September 11th happened, and no one gave a shit about anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, September 11th. They go on like that for five minutes. It's the best thing in the world. I cannot recommend games enough. <laughs> oh, that's how September 11th gets you. That's what I mean. Like, can you imagine like that being in the scariest movie of all time? Spooky September 11th. Come on. Then September 11th happened. Mm. <laughs> You hate to see a September 11th happen to a young champ like that. Uh, like Poughkeepsie. I mean, as long as Robert Pattinson wasn't there, I think it's fine. I mean, if he's not coming tonight, we're definitely doing the goofy voice for a couple minutes. Gorsh! <laughs> Did Bill just hop on? Ryan, what'd you get to? What'd you like? What'd you dislike? What disappointed you? What got you, uh, to Peter's previous point, all horned up? Um, a lot got me horned up this year. I think that, um, overall compared to last year, I think I had more four star plus movies by like a a solid five, six, seven movies. I didn't, I didn't count them specifically out. I mean, some of your movie choices last year, at least like a good chunk were more of a cry for help than like, you're like, I don't deserve good movies. Oh yeah. And I, I do, I... I kind of like the horror junk. I'm not, you know, adverse to it. But um, no, this year was definitely more chock full of I I went on a a little bit of a classics, mostly universal monster movies that I just, you know, had never I've always seen yeah. bits and pieces or whatever. So that was, you know, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, Dracula, Invisible Man, Creature of Black Lagoon. And then I'll even throw in for just like sake of classics, The Blob and Carnival of Souls. Um but those were all, uh, you know, just kind of great. I mean, they're they're classics for a reason. I I will say for some reason, the creature of the Black Lagoon too. I thought I saw that one. Yes, and yeah, creature of the Black Lagoon. I think actually my like own personal favorites out of those. I mean, Bride Frankenstein for sure. Frankenstein, of course, that stuff. But like, I really actually enjoyed uh, the Invisible Man and Creature of the Black Lagoon. For some reason, those were like I I was like, oh, I could see myself just like pop these on. Um, Dracula was good, but for some reason I just got kind of bored during it. Um, and the blob, the blob overall was kind of boring. The original blob was boring, but as we talked afterwards, you're like, that's kind of expected. Um, in general, I had, I had a good chunk of plants movies. I'll call them just, uh, I thought Gaia was great. Very solid. Uh, in the earth was another one where I just, I was just like fully sucked in. And then uh, Little Shop Fours. So I was like, okay, there's like a little bit of a plant. I'm on a little bit of a plant kick. <laughs> and then uh, let's see, series and sequels. I did Fear Street. I did all three of those. I did House One and Two. 
I did the uh, exact opposite of you when it comes to Friday the 13th. I did Friday the 13th 1 through 5. Nice. And That's where I left off last year. And I was like, oh, there you go. I didn't realize that until you started saying your shit. I was like, oh, I literally did 1 through 5 and then you jumped off. Um, which I will say those were more I, – I mean, I just had never really – I mean, I'd probably sat through one or two of them. I've seen Jason X, you know, the one that matters. But but like – Still the best one after I've seen all of them. I think it was because last year I went through all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. That, yeah. And those were – I mean, that was great. That was like – I was those like – Those ended up being surprisingly like, oh, wait, are all these good? Yes. Like I was like hooked for those. These ones I was more like, oh, Friday the 13th is just like pretty schlocky, which is fine. But but it did seem like I was like, all right, we're just like – this is just copy, paste and, and heck up horny right. teens, which is fine. But – there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of uh, redeeming qualities when it came to that. Yeah, they're kind of boring, and they also are like. Peter and I talked a lot about this on our Halloween episode, like that idea of like the Reagan era, like where a lot of critics got this idea, like as that slasher movies were exclusively about punishing, like sex and stuff like that. Like that's not in Halloween. That's like that's not in most of these movies. It specifically comes from Friday the Thirteenth. Oh yeah, and, like, and that's like all it has. It's I mean like which is yeah. fine, but it seems like that's all it relies on. Even the uh, the I think it was the fifth one. I mean like the fourth one, it kind of got a little more absurd. It kind of seemed to like understand what it was at that point. Yeah. Um, but then the fifth one is literally just like, oh, this is a this is you know a. A place for crazy people, but it's still essentially just like a a summer camp, and also all the crazy people are like sexy teens trying to fuck still. Uh, so, anyways, you're just like, all right, so cool. Like it, it was, it, it seemed like a good way when it first started. I was like, oh, cool, they might mix it up a little bit. Then you're like, this is the exact same thing. Okay, what, whatever, that's fine. That's why, like I said, give me Jason goes to hell. I don't yes. need Jason to be a punisher of sex. What I need him to be, and I've always said this, like, consistently, so I'm glad they made a movie on this. I need him to actually be a demonic slug monster from hell mm-hmm. who possesses various bodies. One of them just happened to be the body of Jason Voorhees. And, of course, the only one that can actually stop and put him in hell forever is uh, the the granddaughter of Pamela Voorhees through the magic knife that comes from hell. I said that forever. Yes. And I'm glad a movie finally is like – this is what we need to focus on. This this is peak cinema. Um, yeah, I, I, just like as an aside, there <clears throat> there is like an entire era nestled between Psycho and Halloween, where they try very much to add uh, a, a lot of characterization to our killer and what uh, that killer is like and and what's their motivation and you know that that kind of speaks. Uh, that speaks to its mystery and murder mystery roots in a way. Like, we need to understand why the killer kills. Um, Halloween did did something remarkable by going the opposite direction. Yeah. And then most movies that copied Halloween and were like, uh, the killer's just a guy who kills because he's a killer um, are bad. Most of them are bad. They're like, the yeah. killer. Well, that's flushed out. We got, we got I'd it. Rather, I'd rather have something pat and stupid, like... He like he kills because he had a bad relationship with his mom or whatever. So he's. I'd rather have something pat and stupid than to have the like post Friday the Thirteenth era where it's just like, well, you hate all these kids anyways. Like yeah, or almost even like uh, what was it called the Terrifier or whatever. I'm like, you can give me something weird and wacky, but at least give me something interesting to hang on to. 
Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and he would do goofy ass shit that you weren't sure if like he was trying to get a laugh out of the person or if he just knew that would terrify them. Yeah. Um, but overall, I would say this is this year I was surprised with how many um, horror comedies really, you know, hit the mark and usually did a good job of doing both. Um, Over the Garden Wall that we talked about, again, a lot of heart, but still some spooky parts, like not, nothing crazy. But then uh, I'll come back to these, obviously, but uh, Young Frankenstein, the editor uh psycho gourmet psycho gorman um spontaneous little shop of horrors werewolves within freaky love and monsters and then even stuff like seventh curse or the stuff we're still bordering on both of like oh it's so crazy that it's funny all these things and a lot of those were four plus stars in my book and it was i was kind of surprised with like spontaneous, freaky, all those ones are absolutely horror movies. Absolutely have gore or or something a little deeper to touch on, and also laugh out loud funny. Um, I think the fun the the hardest I laughed was during the editor, uh, the editor's at dinner with his wife, and and she's just like you know talking about shit to him but then she's saying like you didn't even come home last night blah blah blah. and then the investigators walking up and you're like oh no she's talking about how he didn't come home last night whatever and he just slaps her twice and says i can't believe you let her talk to you that way i i can't sit I, i've been following you for for three hours and i can't just sit there any longer and, and listen to you talk to her that way next time i might even come over here and slap you huh crazy a man slapping another man who would have thought and then he just like walks away and the first thing she says is you know he's got a point you got and it's like oh my god i was like what is happening in this movie it's so absurd <laughs> I, I love the editor i was oh, god damn it was yeah. it was great i mean it's so it's so insane the entire way through um that it did eventually border on kind of exhausting, but I I loved it. It was, I think I think that's a good description of those movies. Of the like kind of exhausting. You're like I'm on board, and then you're the end of it. You're like oh my god! Like for the, some wacky scene near the end, you're just like okay, geez. But I do, I do think that's why Psycho Gorman is like my favorite thing <clears throat> that that they've ever done, just because it it twists around on its premise so much that like it. It's funny through like I it it's the only movie that doesn't exhaust me with how hard I'm laughing. Yes, and Psycho Gorman actually probably was one of the uh, one of the biggest surprises to me just because I didn't it really wasn't on my radar and obviously you guys pushed for it and I watched it early on, but it it just was so funny, very charming, all of that. I, I mean, I I just had a it was it's weird looking back in October and like I had some some solid laughs with some of these movies. You're like, all right, great. Um, finally got around to Young Frankenstein. We texted about that a little bit. That's been years in the making. Uh, Peter's gift. You bought it for you twice, right? At least twice, possibly three times. I think <laughs> I honestly want to say that you you did get it for me like a third time before it was a joke. Like like we had kind of talked about whatever, and I was like, no, I already have two copies of this on my shelf, and I think I like made you keep it because I was just like, no, I I can't have any more of this movie. Um. And like they were both sealed because I just hadn't gotten around to watching it, so that just made me laugh. But no, I, I finally watched it, loved it, super funny. There were just like countless little dumb things that happened, and I, you know, I think that I would not have appreciated it as much if I hadn't watched Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein earlier in the month, which helped me. Uh, the whole Gene Hackman scene was 
funny on its own, but I think because I had just recently watched it that I was like, oh, and then he's got to, oh, he's going to offer him a drink, and then he's going to offer him a smoke. Like, oh, okay, I, I remember all this stuff. Um, that It was just, you know, exactly what you'd expect from those guys. And then for actual scares, uh, we talked Possessor. Again, I would say the editor was just a solid uh, giallo, even though it's funny and making fun of it. Like, it, it, it still hit a bunch of funny parts. Um or hit the right notes, I should say. The Nighthouse, I know I kind of recommended that to you guys late in the game. Um, I watched it. it. I liked it quite a bit. It, it just kind of surprised me with how many, how often I was just getting that little creepy feeling in the back of my neck, like that kind of stuff where it, it didn't keep me up at night or anything, but all of a sudden I was like, ooh, oh, I'm getting like a little chill on the back of my neck. Oh, oh I, don't, I don't like this scenario. Oh, I don't like the situation. Um, so I was very pleased with that. Uh, anything for Jackson was great, and uh, another great example of that. That movie starts and you're going. It, it does not waste time. It's it's that opening scene, and they're already you know kidnapping a pregnant woman. You're just like, all right, but but uh, I really liked Saint Maud, and that had one of the more memorable final moments. Great, and it felt like a different horror. Um, I would say it's usually the kind of horror that I seek out outside of October, but, but it was a nice kind of like refresher kind of just like set a different pace than the other ones that I had seen. And I, I absolutely loved the very last shot. Um, I think it was just like really well done. And then yeah. <clears throat> other scares, the dark and the wicked. I loved that one. I mean, the actual final shots of the movie wasn't, quite as scary as some of the right before that we talked about. Um, but again, it was by, was it written by the same guy who did the strangers or directed by the same directed. guy? Um, which again, I, I mean, that movie was always terrifying for me growing up, but I loved the dark and wicked. Um, the empty man that I think we talked in the first half again. Oh yeah. And that, and that one was another solid one that, the opening in, in itself was just amazing. I would actually say uh, Bakurao was a slight disappointment to me, only because both of you guys gave it five stars. I think I gave it four and a half, so it's not like it's a bad movie by any means. <laughs> but it was one of those where I was like, oh, damn, I thought that was going to be... I, mean, a, I thought you're a disappointment <clears throat> to us. <clears throat> true, right? true. But I was like, <laughs> I was like, I thought that was going to be a slam dunk. I was like, oh, here we go. I'm going to watch this five-star where And I was like, I mean, I really liked it, but I was like, oh, so so that one was... It's a weird disappointment because it was still really good and definitely recommend it. Um, Lake Mungo was surprisingly good, even though... I, I had heard good things. It, it kind of sucked me in more than I expected it to. And then uh, the vigil was great. Whirls in. I actually really liked Freaky. I uh, yeah, Freaky was great. I thought Vince Vaughn was very funny in it, which was expected. But yeah. like, it never. That's one of those where you know him doing a teenage girl, whatever. If it's not hitting right, then it gets really eye rolly and boring. And it it never got that for me. It was always kind of entertaining. Yeah, I think the miss I, that uh, we talked about a little, or Peter, maybe Peter and I talked about before you watched it, was that they didn't do a good job of establishing who the character was before uh, she was played by Vince Vaughn. So Vince Vaughn is playing like generic teenage girl, and he does a great job with it, and the movie is great for it. Yes, um, I think if if 
they would have established who she was and how she acted because she spends the first 20 minutes barely talking and being sad. Yeah. Uh, and so, and so, like, Vince Vaughn doesn't have a character to play. And the other two things, I will say when, when they switch back, because obviously they're, you know, I don't think that's a real spoiler. Then she kind of, you know, is acting a little more. You get a little more of her character. And it's not how Vince Vaughn was acting at all. Um, yeah. But then. I think that's the myth. That, that's like the difference between four stars and four and a half, five stars. But I did like it quite a bit. Well, and I loved uh, him as the killer in the opening thing. Was oh, was great. actually fun to watch. I mean, at one point, uh, you know, a girl goes through a uh, a glass door, but it's got some sort of panes on it that you see, whatever. And man, he just bursts. I mean, just walks directly through it. And I'm like, oh, this is like good. This is this is just like fun to watch him be a big hulking monster of man. <laughs> yeah. Um, Have you seen Riot in Cell Block ninety nine? Uh, yes. Okay. But I haven't seen so Drag Me Across right. Concrete or whatever. Yeah, no, he's great I, in that I one. I haven't seen that one either, yeah. Um, oh, and then obviously, sorry, my, my – so my 100 was Young Frankenstein because it, it held significance to me. And then uh, the very last movie I watched was Eraserhead. And I really liked it. But going into it, I, I literally knew nothing. I mean, I know David Lynch. Um but outside of just the the shot of Jack Nance and his goofy hair, and you know that essentially is every poster, I didn't I didn't even know what I was putting on, and and it started up, and I was like, oh, I I I got I got to really pay attention to this. I gotta I gotta sit up for this, and I was just like on on night meds, and and like kind of it, it was one of those where I was like. I don't think I don't think I'm feeling loopy because of medication. I just think that this movie is wackadoodle do. Um, <laughs> but it was still it was awesome, and it, and it was one where I'm I was thinking about it the entire next day. Well, yesterday I, I was yeah. could not stop thinking about it. Then just like random parts, but then just overall all that kind of stuff. I think the only movie that even sort of compares to that same. Just like, oh, this is this is art house, whatever, and also a good movie that that really pulled me in was uh, the Wolf House as well. Where I was like, oh, this is this is like an interesting medium, and also I have to like one hundred percent be paying attention to try and connect all these dots and see what's going on or whatever. But I think Wolf House is a good comparison because it's it's like a vis- it's like more of an emotional and visual showcase than it is a like comprehensible plot yeah even even though wolf house asserts itself to be like a fairy tale with like a very clear story like it's very hard to tell what's that has that story evolves whether or not you're supposed to still be paying attention to it as a literal story or just like an emotional journey just enjoying it yeah it it kind of felt like i was at a from both for both those at certain points felt like i was almost in a museum not that that's a bad thing but it's like okay all right like things are happening um yeah i remember uh so just really quick on a razor head too like i so i saw Mulholland drive it came out i was playing in theaters like an independent theater in fargo north dakota and i saw it by myself because it was like the last night playing there and roger ebert gave it a good review and i'd never seen a david lynch movie and i saw it i was pretty blown away by it and i remember going and like renting a uh eraser head the next day and then like met friends for like lunch on like on campus or something like that and just spent the whole lunch just being like like trying to describe the movie i just watched oh my and and just being like i i don't know what that what like and people being like is that like not under like 
I don't want to say like not believing it was a movie, but being very perplexed at like that it was a movie. <laughs> yes. It sounds like a fever dream if you try and yeah. tell it to anybody. Because that was my – I was telling Mallory the next day where I was like, well, then I watched this movie that I was like, oh, man. It, it being the very last movie, the 107th horror movie I watched this month, and it was – you know, I started it at – 10.30 at night or yeah. whatever. And and then I realized, I'm like, I don't even know how to describe this to you. So I just tried to take a scene and I was like, you know, oh yeah, he comes home and, and his, this this humanoid thing. I was like, picture a, a almost ready to hatch bird, but instead of a beak, all that's flesh. Um, and it's just kind of sitting in the corner crying. So he comes home and he lays on the bed, but then he stares at the radiator and a light shines behind the radiator. So then it zooms in on that and that's just like a stage. And this woman comes out and she's got big puffy cheeks, like, like added makeup effects mm-hmm. cheeks and, and starts doing this little song and dance thing and blah, blah, blah. And then it zooms out and he's back, you know, sitting on the bed and his wife is, you know, having a hard time with their, their baby thing. And, blah, and I was like, and that's one of the more clearer parts of the movie. I was like, it's, it's definitely, I mean, it was a wild ride. The, the great part of that movie is that like he, he Lynch famously doesn't explain his movies. But one thing he did say is that like, cause he spent five years making that movie. Uh-huh. And he said that like, look, like in the nineties at some point he gave an interview that like, said, looking back, I do ra- realize that that movie was just, I was really scared to be a father. And I was just like, <laughs> Imagine being his kid and being like, yeah, dad, you were unhealthily scared. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Because I feel like most of the other big ones we already kind of touched on and your guys list and that kind of stuff. So my my top down is Bride of Frankenstein, Over the Garden Wall, which again, I I really love, but I was surprised that I think it deserves to be that high on my list. I'm like, I I just loved it. Uh, The Seventh Curse, just because it's so fucking absurd and I, I could not look away. Young Frankenstein possessor and then the editors and psycho gorman back to back and then the rest of them i kind of they're that then that's the one the lines start to blur i love nighthouse gaia in the earth anything for jackson saint maude spontaneous dark and wicked all that good stuff we'll put the we'll put the letterbox rank list in the notes too so uh so people can check those out. Um, I know. Sorry, I felt like I was moving fast, but I also am like we 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 talked about all the other big ones that I yeah, yeah. Also true. Um. So Peter, uh, Bill, I know you're on. Hey, thank you for making it. I know. Hello, Bill. Gorsh. Gorsh, Bill. It's Gorsh. It's Bill. We were gonna do a uh, if you didn't make it some impressions of Bill that we thought we'd try out. We. Or I think we need Bill to just do do a couple like, no way, oh yeah, that you can just sprinkle out in the the first parts. Oh yeah. I I thought that movie was shit. Yeah, what are you guys talking about? Get off your tower. Why is Bill always always asking Sora where the E-Blade is? (laughs) Elitist pigs. Bill made it. Rose from the dead right at the end of Spooktober. It's a Spooktober miracle. No. This Spooktober was anything but a miracle. Your Spooktober Jesus. Yeah, Bill, let us know how your Spooktober was overall. It sounds like you ran into some professional problems with with uh, hitting 31. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm 36, and that my problem started when I had kids. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> your boss said, I don't want any more of these horror movies. So you cut off my penis. You know, uh, my boss really wouldn't doesn't give two shits but it's like 
when you are involved in the court system, they tend to not give a shit about your, you know, goals and aspirations to watch a lot of horror movies and draw pictures. Did you try to explain it to him at least? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I definitely was asked during a deposition, like, are you taking notes? I'm like, no, I'm just sketching. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, my office is aware that I, you know, I per- personally don't care at all about what I was trying to do, getting it out there, but you still can't control your own life. Don't ever work in my line of work. Um, being a coal miner sure. sucks. That's a good reminder for everyone. Don't work in that line. Um, but I started off really how many, strong. How did you get to? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I would guess just shy of 30. Um, I didn't record all of them because in some cases where I did have like partial concentration, I was just letting Shutter and Netflix go. Um, and they start suggesting new horror movies, uh, which is fun. Um, at some yeah. point I realized like trying to get to the next one on the list was like inhibiting my overall tally and I should just like relax and try and get as many movies in as I could. That's the right attitude. But I started like really strong first week I was like killing it. And then, you know, one thing came up and then another came up and then I hadn't slept and hadn't watched movies and, you know. It's like the worst Spooktober I've experienced, even though it's only my second. Um, it's, it's still in your top two. Yeah. I mean, it was like the second best Spooktober I've ever had, but also the worst. So, uh, I watched, I think, about 30. So, let's just say you watched 30. When when we were talking about this at, on some episode, when Peter or myself or Ryan tells people we're going to try to watch 31 movies in 30 days, normies as we call them, they go, fuck you, that's too many movies. So I don't think you should feel bad for watching 25, 30, whatever your total was, uh, especially in a genre that you're still uh, still in the, you know, dipping your toe into overall. So I think I think 25 or 30 movies, most people would agree it's a lot of movies oh uh, yeah I, it was i mean if you were to say Not watch 31 us. movies and sleep you know like i don't know 120 hours like that i'd be really impressed with but um it was an interesting month to say the least i didn't watch a number of films that i really wanted to so i think i may just extend spooktober i don't i know you guys probably I, aren't allowed to do that but i can no, because I, why not kind of like this year, I've been trying to, like, lawyer myself into more Spooktober post-holiday because, like, now I don't have anything to watch until we can get into the Christmas season. <laughs> so, um, and I, 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 I can't kick off Christmas early. That's just... Um, you, you have a lot it, of it, it always Peaks. ends poorly. Um, you have a lot of Twin Peaks to watch. <laughs> uh, but it, it would be amazing to just be like, yeah, we're just extending it until Thanksgiving. Well, what are you supposed just to watch? Between- no, you just... Spillover's fine. I'm yeah. watching TV shows at this point. Played a video game, a horror video game I didn't finish from early Spooktober. I don't know. There's yeah, probably four or dusk. five that I like. I'm really pissed that I didn't get to. And so. You should get to it. There's no. Yeah. There's no. And last year, there were movies I wanted to get to and didn't. And I saved them until now. Big mistake. Big mistake. And still didn't get to them? I had a failed Spooktober. There you go. Then, then you're really in it. This is it. Is when you're, oh, I'll get to it next year. Then you're like, oh, shit. Do I wait till next year to try again? Or do I just yeah. watch it? And I think my point is, like, the definitive answer to that question is no. I don't have to. No. Yeah. You don't? Yeah. I caught myself this year just making letterbox lists and just making, like, here are my September assignments to give myself a sense of direction. And now I'm thinking about doing that for November. Just giving – I, I, need, I need something. Um 
That yeah. is the biggest problem is feeling directionless. Like when, you know, Ryan had mentioned early on that like one of the things that made this Spooktober easier than even last year when, you know, we uh, we still all of us put up impressive numbers. It's just like I stopped worrying about what's on my list. Bill, to your point, like if you if you feel like that something pops up as I should watch that, just watch that. Don't think about it. Don't spend too much time curating your letterbox. Just just watch a movie and like it all counts and that like that is very helpful. I agree. Like also in a weird way, I felt like uh, you know Spooktober nights go by really quick because you're kind of planning out like I'm gonna get three movies in tonight. Last night was the first non-Spooktober night. We're recording this on the second. Last night was the first. I had like watched a TV show and then watched another TV show and had played a video game and I'm like. Oh, it's probably like one thirty time to go to bed. Oh, it's 11? Oh, I did the same thing. I was like, oh, it's like 10.30? Oh, there's so much more time. I tried to sneak like, another one I in do? last night and didn't. It uh, wasn't successful because I started at like one thirty in the morning and I didn't make it through. Um, I was going to tell you guys I'd watched it, you know, inside the bounds, but I didn't even complete that. I couldn't even cheat effectively this year. Um, I think I think breaking uh, your friend's trust is the scariest thing. It's a, that's that's horror. Yeah, it's in the Halloween spirit, right? Well, yeah, because yeah, you're trying to engender a sort of uh, terrifying fear throughout the entire fall. Yeah. Well, my problem, like, there are some of these movies where it's like, I'm really excited. Like, I wanted to watch Martyrs seriously um, and not, like, just play it while I'm doing some work and, you know, paying attention, you know, three quarters attention. But I never had the moment where I was like, I'm going to sit and watch movies for three hours. It like just didn't happen. So like some of the movies I really wanted to watch are in fact, some of the ones I didn't get to watch. And that is particularly painful. Yeah. Cause you say, I get that too. Like there's so many times I, this is actually the first year I, I got rid of all my like major ones before the last week and then just kind of ride it on whatever I wanted to watch. Cause I, I agree. I get to the saving thing. And then sometimes too, you're just like, you know what? I don't have the patience to appreciate this right now, and I really want to appreciate it, so. Yeah, and that was, like, the theme of my Spooktober. Like, I really wanted to watch Troll, Hunter, Martyrs, Host, like, Tetsuo, just for the drawing purposes. Like, didn't see any of them. Um, I wanted to watch Relic pretty bad. I never ended up watching Jennifer's Body, which I don't know how it came up, but it was, like, for some reason, the cover of my list. So, it was always front of mind. Didn't watch it. So, you know. Regrettable, but there were some uh, very enjoyable moments still. So I'm happy to go through my uh, my list uh, as short as it might be. Yeah, and Bill, the artwork that you came up with this month was just fantastic. Like I, it was a joy to log onto Instagram and be like, "Oh, he posted another one." Yeah, I tried to keep the drawings to like the length of a movie. I wasn't always successful there. I, I averaged about one drawing per two movies. I think I would have hit 31 faces had I made had a real spooktober experience. Um, but for the most part, most of the drawings were done while watching another one or two uh, subsequent horror movies. So and that also fun. adds a hurdle though, to your watch list in general. I mean, if you're like, Oh, I should probably try and sketch something in general. I mean, I think that would slow me down from watching more movies. Uh, I like the sketch part for me. It's like, okay, I have like, this is actually my time. I'm not like trying to work while I watch and, I don't know. I'm always doing more than one thing because I'm just too antsy to sit still. Um, so 
I liked it. I like it a lot, actually, but I just couldn't uh, – I'd like to continue that too because it's hard for me normally to sit down and like draw a face because I'll spend like an hour thinking about what face I should draw. And here it's kind of easy. You find like a decent screen grab from the movie and I'm off to the races. Um, I didn't have to think about like what the, the muse would be, so to speak. Because once you've built up like a little bit of a collection uh, of movies, you can kind of work through. But uh, one issue that we were having was – um, because you can't screen cap directly from the movie, you needed like high grade, yeah, photos to work from, um, because like something grainy and shitty looking is not particularly helpful. And and who'd have thought? Like I'd never considered that I couldn't screenshot from Netflix. Um, but I'm imagining there's some uh, like uh, Chrome plugin or something that will let you do it. But yeah. Like, I, they they definitely block whatever the basic screen cap tools. Which is kind of surprising. Like, annoying. I get why you wouldn't want to let, like, a recording software run. Like, I get that. But just, like, print screen? I can't just – I can't take a picture? Yeah. I mean, it really is yeah. fascinating. Someone's job, like, their career achievement was writing software that, you know, bars me from taking a picture of a movie. <laughs> it's like, good for you. Thanks. Thanks. It's like those assholes that, like, your kids are dancing to a Frozen song and you try to put it on Facebook and they're like, sorry, you don't have the rights to this song. Like, yeah. fuck you. Yeah. They're like, you know, <laughs> I was really going to profit off that. Thanks. It's got 12 views. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. You guys ready to do Nor Timber for with me? I'm not doing the Christmas one this year. I can't. <laughs> oh, so good. It, it hurt me so much last year. Like I was like, I did like 40 of that last year. I cut that out from our first episode because I didn't know if it went. But yeah, I'm not doing it this year. Here's what I actually did though. I spent less time watching like the 20 good Christmas movies I wait every year to watch. So I'm gonna focus more on that. Yeah, this year. Yeah. I feel like Christmas is like you want to go to the, the ones you go to. Yeah, that was fucking dumb. And then we didn't even do a recap episode until, like, none of us wanted to do a recap episode because it all petered out. <laughs> like, came out it came out in February. It was like, fuck, I guess we'll, we talked about it enough. And Aaron, you did the only thing that I would actually be interested in doing, which is going through all the Muppet various movies uh, all the oh yeah because there's seven there's 17 or 18 various muppet related christmas oh movies. Like, I, if you include uh, outside of like just jim henson related stuff so some stuff is like super wild even before the muppets came there's sesame street specials that was a lot of fun i could do christmas horror um but i know you guys have already exhausted a lot more of that list than i have i still have a decent amount on that list peter is the person who like has completely exhausted that list probably <laughs> i really enjoyed um gosh what's the one with the psychopath uh last year i don't know if i watched it during christmas or spooktober last year but um chris timber chris timber excuse me but the you know, <laughs> psycho adolescent who you know tries oh, to oh better watch out yeah. yes better, better watch, watch out, out is great. fucking uh, what's a good great. one and there was like there's not there was one that reminded me of that this year um uh I want to call it the cabin, but I the lodge. Um, the lodge. Oh yeah, yeah. Which, is it because it's like that, the same gift? Is it? I don't know. I don't I think, think so. Oh, I was like, is but it? it's pretty much like, oh wow, these kids are like next level psycho. I can truly. Yeah. Are you saying that kids that. are not all right, Bill? I love the lodge. I was I was way more positive than uh, it looks like you or anyone, all three of you on Letterboxd. But that was one of my favorites from last year. Kids, yeah, my Letterboxd ratings are all over. I enjoyed that one a lot. 
Yeah, I yeah, the finding the Christmas the Christmas list every year, there's like one new good scary Christmas movie a year basically. Yeah. Um and then like I like the Lifetime and Hall- and Hallmark stuff, but watching them like Spooktober movies where I only count it if I like sat in front of the TV and watched it in, in its entirety uh is soul destroying. <laughs> like only, I like yeah. them as I like them while I'm like I don't know, like you walk out of the room to go make yourself a drink or you're wrapping presents or you're like, I don't know, like you're just doing shit around the house and you're like, I'm not even going to pause. Like that is that is the way that those movies need to be watched. But actually being like, all right, well, I know exactly what's going to happen the next scene. She's going to get mad at him because he didn't tell her about the Christmas fair and that he didn't <laughs> buy enough enough ornaments. I know exactly that's going to happen because he lied to her in the first act about how many ornaments he was going to buy at the Christmas fair. Um, but he lost his job and he won't tell her that he lost his job. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, like having to pause and wait for that and then like come back 20 minutes later and be like, yeah, that had that exact same thing happened. Uh, that's a little painful. Though it would, the whole thing was worth it. I look, I, so I do have forty. I'll probably do what I normally do, which is watch classics, and then like here's a couple horror movies I haven't seen. Here's some that people have been telling me to see, like a Claws or something. Uh, my favorite thing from last year, and I know, like it's not part of this podcast, but I want it to be in every podcast because it's still the funniest thing that's ever happened to me, uh, and that is Peter watching a bad mom's Christmas. Not realizing that it was a sequel to a movie called Bad Mom. <laughs> <laughs> or that they made other Christmas movies. I thought and it just, was a wholly original concept. Just just very confused at how much shoe leather had been probably glossed over. <laughs> no explanation for how the moms got bad. But now they're <laughs> celebrating Christmas together. Uh, just I'm just asking for a movie called Bad Mom's Origin. <laughs> Yeah, where's 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 uh yeah where's Bad Moms born? Um, I definitely did the same thing. I definitely watched Bad Moms Christmas, and, <laughs> and now I'm, I'm literally googling on my phone right now. I'm like, holy shit! There, there's a whole bunch of other Bad Moms movies. <laughs> All right, amazing. How does that happen? I don't, I don't like. How can you? What platform can I you mean, pull that like up? Bad Moms is a cultural imprint. I think but. I just assumed that I saw a commercial for Bad Moms and was like, "Oh, I didn't realize it was a Christmas movie." And then watched the Christmas movie when it was out last year. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think I think in my head, even though those movies probably came out two years apart, in my head it was just like, "Oh yeah, it's the Bad Moms movie. It's on Netflix." Yeah, that. Uh, it, the only other thing like that that's ever happened to me was. Um, I was watching Elena of Avalar with, like, Maya when she was, like, four. And the opening to that show is, like, that sets up what I assumed was a new show. It's, like, a minute and a half of... All right, so my family was caught in this amulet. And then I had to defeat this evil witch. And that made me know that I could talk to animals. And I'm actually, like... And I was just, like... This is the fucking setup to this show? <laughs> this, is, this is, like, three seasons worth of plot. And it wasn't until, like... I thought it was the funniest thing ever. I recorded it on my phone. I think I may have even sent it to Peter. And it wasn't until, like, two years later that I realized that there was, like, a – there was a – it was a Sophia the first episode that had a three-part where they meet Elena and all this shit happens. But in the recap, for whatever reason, they cut out Sophia from it. So it's, like, you don't know it's a crossover. I'm just, like – 
why is there so much plot to set up like, to set up the show? If it's a kid, it's like for four-year-olds. Why is there so much you have to know going in? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, yeah I mean, uh, Maya's very concerned about plausibility. I, just, I really was like mouth agape as like they just kept going through all these things <laughs> that happened off screen before the show started. I'm like, why would you do this? Yeah. Make this the episode. Like the first episode. It's like when I purposefully um, told friends they could start on the last season of Game of Thrones. Be like, don't worry. The first episode catches you up fine. Like <laughs> They'll do a recap. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, love, love those recaps. Bill, what were a couple of your favorites that you did watch? What were some disappointments? Uh, yeah, let's do this thing. Uh, by the way, I love The Lodge. I'll put that up early. Um, it's also a Christmas movie. Uh, fits even more so with Better Watch Out. Um, no one told me that. Um, I like The Lodge. High on my list. Top 10. Ginger Snaps I thought was fun, but not, like, as epic as I was anticipating. I felt like there was a lot of buildup around that name. I was pretty excited, and it was good. But not like these. These the first two entries. Bill has been like, first of all, I'm mad at you for not telling me that it was a Christmas movie, and I'm mad at you for making me think this is going to be more epic. So I'm interested to see where this goes. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, good. It's got a lot of spite. What are we, what are we gonna do? Watch this movie? It's just okay. Yeah, I'm full of spite. Oh. I think it's like my schedule over the past three weeks. Um, I watched next the. What I hope is the next tie into the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe, as I mentioned, The Invisible Man. Um, I think she would do wonderfully alongside Tony Stark. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was great. I was not at all as anticipating. Um, maybe that's because I formed most of my opinions based on cover art. Um, but The Invisible Man was a pleasant surprise. I watched Carrie was another one of my top ones. Um, Did you watch the original or the remake? Uh, I watched through the shower scene of the original. No, I watched further than that, but I only paid attention to the 2013 remake, which was the one you guys had put on my list. So Kimberly okay. Pierce, I think. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah. I liked Carrie a lot. You guys had also done an episode on it. I can't remember which one. This was like we did. a couple years ago. Um, mm -hmm. And I wanted to watch it since then so it lived up to expectations um trying to think obviously we all watch peninsula um it's one of those ones where like how torn i am around letterbox ratings like i know everyone's going to see my rating and i shouldn't put a high rating on it but like i really enjoyed it despite it's like you know at times ridiculousness and or like massive disconnects i enjoyed it um I was disappointed by Us. Um, I kind of hoped it would be more of more similar to Get Out, and I don't know why I thought that, but um, it was okay. Uh, trying to think of other top ones. Empty Man, I liked. Um, I was a little frustrated by the ending, despite it looking pretty cool. Um, oh, did we talk about that one on the check-in? Probably should. We talked it. about it a little bit. Um, we talked about it a little bit while we were chatting because it's definitely a movie that's like a bit of a puzzle. And then I feel like once you realize how many of the pieces snap together, it gets more satisfying. But if like um, you miss some of those puzzle pieces or like you just it, it, it emotionally doesn't snap together for you either way, um, the ending is just like, 
Huh. All right. I guess there's a twist in there. Yeah. Um. I. I. I love. I personally love the twist, and I love how it turns yeah, into too. a straight up Lovecraft movie at, at some point in the second act. I liked I, it too, but I will say you brought up a good point about Letterbox in general when you were talking about Peninsula. I. I almost wish I couldn't see everybody's ratings until I put in a rating. Maybe not my friends, but just like the overall. Because I do agree. I will do that occasionally where I'm like, oh, man, everybody else is dogging on this. And I was going to give it like a three and a half or a four. Oh, what am I doing? Well, that's the thing. Like, am I rating it for like how much I enjoyed it or how good of a movie it was? Because I'll readily admit that maybe it wasn't like the best crafted, like from an act perspective or whatever. For, for what it's worth, I, I usually rank how much I enjoyed it. More than and I, that is genuine. And I, I do a little you know, of both. Yeah, I kind yeah. of like do it with complete randomness, so my rankings mean nothing. <laughs> of the list you guys gave me, I don't know. The only other ones probably worth mentioning are, uh, Psycho Gore Man, obviously PG for short. Uh, one of my favorites. I was not expecting to like it based on the cover, and I just it was perfect for me yeah i think it's my favorite movie of the year uh it was hunky boys just, it, it all hit for me um yeah i love my hunky boys uh, <laughs> not my hunky boys other big names mother um conveniently i didn't like appreciate kind of all the talk around that name um somehow i had missed other than like i knew it was um you know, an Aronofsky movie that, like, uh, didn't do as well as people thought for a Jennifer Lawrence movie. That's, like, all I knew. And for me, it didn't work. Um, I, for some reason, couldn't get it out of my head that this was, like, a very, like, Christian-themed uh, allegory. And for that reason, probably alone, I just didn't like it. Um Having read other reviews, though, because like I was so fascinated by what the hell I just watched, I do appreciate what different perspectives people can take on it. So like, it got more interesting to me, but like, did not enjoy the watching experience very much. Um, and then on my list, I liked Housebound. It was just funny and enjoyable. Your picture for Housebound, I want to steal that from you. It's so it's so good. <laughs> yeah, good old uh, God. What was his name? He was great. Um, yeah, the weirdo. I don't know. I could look, but he was a funny dude, especially once, you know, we got to know him, so to speak. But then I think, you know, transitioning to like the random Let Shutter play movies for me, I'm not sure I rated all of them. Actually, I most certainly didn't. Um, some of them I remember to go back and hit, but like there's actually some very enjoyable finds. Like on a Netflix binge, I hit The Babysitter, the sequel. Babysitter was great. Um, yeah, I haven't seen the sequel, but I liked it. Um, mostly because sequels that bring everyone back are awesome. Um, and they do that. And then I think after two horror movies, Netflix started pushing more and I saw Till Death, um, quite by accident. And that was awesome. Yeah. That was, good. Um, yeah, that was a fun surprise to add to the list. I feel like, cause all of us watched it after Aaron watched it. Well, I, I honestly like had just assumed like I saw Megan Fox on like a made for Netflix movie and I was like, oh, sweet. This is at my alley, but I'm sure no one else has seen it. <laughs> and then I watched it and I was like, oh, wow, that's a real movie. And then I went to rate it and you guys had all seen it. I was like, whoa, like, what the <laughs> hell? Um, got lucky there. Um, You're holding out on me. I know, really. And then I did some like shutter playthroughs that got really weird, like 
I don't know, some like random movies like Voyagers and Super Deep and The Cave and things from like mid 2000s no one's heard of, but were fun to like just sit through. Nothing. Super Deep was actually something I was going to make time for. And then I saw your rating and I'm like, eh. yeah, it was, it was like, uh, yeah. I, rating probably reflects both my view of the movie and overall enjoyment, but like it was kind of cool. Um, I don't know if The Hunt was on my list or not. I don't think it was on HBO. I very much enjoyed it. Um, not because of like any broader political message, but just because like I think it's a really fun action movie, like a yeah, a most dangerous game style action movie. Well, yeah, it, Betty Gilpin just like. Straight up saying, don't give a shit, I'm going to kill you. Like, to me, it was she's like... Great. Oh, yeah, she's great. She's awesome. Like, South Park meets action. I just... I'm into it for some reason. Um, and then I watched Cheap Thrills, which I think Cheap a great review had seen. Ton, ton of fun. Yeah. And, like, I don't know that I rated it that well, but I found myself thinking about that movie so much. Um, in part because, like, I probably work with a bunch of, like, you know arrogant assholes who would like very quickly pay people to do something stupid like a joke monkey um and it just resonated for maybe that reason alone and so i thinking back on it would probably rate it higher but like i very much enjoyed like the premise and how that one came out um so i'd recommend that and then i don't know all just fluff you kind of fill in between if you were to like pull up shutter and hit play that's kind of how I'd round out my list. But I was upset by a bunch of them that I didn't get to see. Like Neon Demon was one I really was excited for based on bright, pretty colors. And I really wanted to see Troll Hunter. And But, you know, there's always tomorrow and the remainder of Spooktober. I'm canceling November. <laughs> like, you just have a lot that you could catch up on. Like, I, I feel like... Um, and I, I'm trying to not make that sound condescending. No. But like this, this is kind of a new genre for you. We kind of talked about that at the beginning that you just hadn't really, you weren't, you didn't think you were a horror fan, and you, you had kind of tasked Peter and myself last year to like give us, give us your best. And the fact that you're having so much fun with it, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm like 30 movies last year plus like I saved everything for this year, right? So like, consider that I am maybe, you know. 50 to 60 movies into horror and you guys t two of you did more than 100 this month right like and you've been doing this for how many years like it is obvious that like i am very much in my infancy um so i got a, i got a long way to go i'm excited about it i just i probably need to stop waiting for one month of the year to watch them if i'm going to catch up and I like the I, fact that you're just like, can I, can I, I just want to keep watching whatever you're like, oh, I, I like that. Cause then it seems like the hooks are really in you where you're like, oh, I just, there are these movies I want to watch and I'm liking it. So why would I stop watching horror? Yeah. The hooks are in. I mean, I think it is something I very much so underappreciated. Um, I think some of them I'd have to be in like a spooktober mood. Um, but like there are more than enough that like, I just think are great movies, whether or not like it's a thriller, a thriller or horror or you know, some other unnamed genre or some name genre I didn't respect before is having it like its own name. Yeah. And I, I think it's fun that like Ryan and I also have been like watching horror movies regularly for as long as our friendship. And like this month he had like 50 stone cold classics in his list. Oh yeah. Like, there are still so um, many to get to. And that's the fun part is that like you can go off list and go wild, but like, 
there's always this like pretty nice um like canon of classics to return to like that it's uh it's not just whether or not they're making new stuff every year it's that like well do we have easy access to some of the greats of the past um, yeah the two that i i really was would be interested uh for you to get to i think both are on shutter right now is carnival of souls and night of the living dead um, and they you watched are, Carnival of Souls last, or no? Did we put it on this year's list? This year's list. This, year's list. this year's. And then that, okay. those are also worth. I think those are also worth a Criterion trial because the Criterion yeah. restorations of both of those are insanely Great. good looking. I don't know which versions Shutter has, but um, I started watching last night the Netflix like is recommending horror movies to me now, and there's like uh, a prequel to Army of the Dead, and they're like a yeah, bunch yeah. of thieves safe cracking, and that was like a yeah. you know middle of the plate like b movie that like normally is great for me so i'm excited to finish that one and then watch the sequel slash first uh movie Mm -hmm. army of the dead there were like three movies in the in a year that were all very similar to army of the dead it was that and peninsula both have a very similar concept and there was something else that was like we're gonna do a heist but they're zombies well Um, you know it's bizarre because like the portion of that movie i watched was like, I haven't seen a single zombie. There's just, like, news, like, cast playing in the background about a zombie apocalypse in America that hasn't, like, apparently made it to Europe yet. And I'm like, is this really a zombie movie? Because I have yet to see a zombie. It's not- no, Thieves isn't. Thieves is just a prequel. Yeah. But there's no zombies at all? I don't think so. Oh, well, Probably well, the ending is, in- like, oh, fuck, a zombie. Yeah. Well, thank God I didn't try and sneak it onto my list. You Having fool. not seen the whole thing. <laughs> that would have... Boy, would I have been embarrassed. Yeah, you'd be in a deposition with us. I haven't, yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but no, I don't think so. Um, yeah, we usually well, – uh, this isn't that important, but usually uh, you get a couple on your list where you're like, this isn't really a horror movie, but we're going to count it because it looks like <laughs> – Yeah, if you watch like it one. under the impression, yeah, we do. I mean, it happens. There's um, – I <laughs> – well, that movie, Ryan, my, my, uh, one of the fun thing that we do, I was like, I looked at Ryan and Peter and Bill's watch list. Like, Hey, if I see something pop and they're rating it high, I'm going to watch it. I end up putting, what was it? Dark encounters on my list. Oh yeah. <laughs> Ryan. Is that like Cinemax? So here's the thing about that movie. <laughs> The first half hour is a very well done, scary alien invasion movie. And the last half hour becomes how do I put this without spoiling it? Oh yeah. Interstellar if your uncle touched you. Yeah. The the, the <laughs> twist I literally was like I I like Googled to be like, uh, am I missing something here? Because it seems like it's just like mm, and uh, molested. <laughs> like, okay, all right. But then like she's watching through the interdimensional interstellar thing, like it like fucking like exactly like in that movie where she can't affect anything, but she's looking through and watching her daughter get molested and killed. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> This movie took a turn. Yeah. This movie took like uh, like the harshest turn, like a three hundred and fifty nine degree turn. I was confused at the turn. I'll be. I mean, like where I was like, whoa, whoa, we're really switching gears. Okay. Yeah. The, the first, but that doesn't explain your five great, star rating. Spooky. I gave it three and a half. You <laughs> gave it three and a half. Like, I, I didn't. I, I didn't give it no five like, star. I made Shauna watch that. That was one of the last ones she watched because she likes scary alien invasion stuff. Um, but I'm like, there was a point where I'm like, this 
took a, a like a turn and it seems to be very committed to just staying on that lane. Oh yeah. Going forward. Like this is um, a new definition of invasion. Yeah. That was uh that was that's a weird one. <laughs> that was a free on voodoo, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Duly um, noted added to my list. <laughs> yeah, this was a this was a really fun year. I, I agree that like I didn't get I think I didn't watch another movie for 10 or 11 days after last Spooktober. And I, we talked about not having burnout. I don't think I, I don't think I thought I did, but I, but I, those, as we talked about those last three or four days where I watched like 25 movies in such a short span, um, I do feel like I was like, I need a break. I don't feel that way at all this year. I feel I could watch a horror movie tomorrow night, tonight. Um, I could watch a movie tonight. Like, I think that like, like a, a three and a half to four movie a day pace is insane, but kind of just that steady amount of horror movies I was watching and just like in that mindset to do it went great. And this was, I mean, last year we spent the whole time talking about like, I, we're never going to get this high again. And obviously in my case, I like exceeded it by 12 movies. I do think regardless, I'm going to think about, cause it's not like, being in COVID times or working from home actually like really affected it that much. Like I, I was too busy to do it during the day. It was all like after work with my kids and just spending most of my free time focused on that. So I, I don't know if I'll get this high again. I do think the next milestone is one twenty four, which is exactly four movies per day. Um, but like I am, I'm actually thinking like, man, if I would have done a, one more weekend of really just pounding the pavement, I could have got 124. So I don't know what next year is going to bring. Maybe it'll be 50. Maybe it'll be 150. But um, I definitely have. At I don't think last year was a was a one off. I think this is like my new normal. And I, <laughs> as disturbing as that is, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, I, I I think my goal next year is to break 100 if I can do it. I'm going to break 50. And if I can't do it, it'll probably be because of good reasons. I, uh, I think one of my big impediments is like I was spending like, I don't know, at least two weeks of this month, I was spending in excess of eight hours a day on Zoom. It is hard to go from eight hours of Zoom into like a movie. Or multiple. Not a problem, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I, I have a different problem, but yes. Yeah. I, I yeah, I, 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 it is hard sometimes where you're like, good screen, bad screen. Um, <laughs> but uh, especially if it's like the same screen. Um, I found that uh, just going and doing something in between work and watching just gave me a full refresh. And I was like, go take, go on a walk or go like take, yeah, go exercise or go do something. No screen. Do something. And I can come Make back sure and turn be like, off the now camera it's for my, that. Now it's my screen. <laughs> I own this now. This is my screen. There are many like it, but this one is mine. <laughs> this one is for fighting. This one's for fun. You guys watch anything good? I I feel like I need to get deprogrammed, and I'm watch, when I'm watching other things now. I'm like, okay, so when when are when are heads gonna start getting cracked open? Yeah, when are... yeah. I think that's my final thought. Is right now my brain. where's the ghost? Where's what's happening here? For all me me saying, oh, I wish I could watch something. I you know, I wish I could watch something that's horror again. Um, watching like uh, random sitcoms and like. I don't know. I, I don't know how you're solving this with words. I really feel like you solve this with knives. <laughs> the stakes are too low. That's the problem with yeah. normal yeah. movies now. I think that's real. 
<laughs> a character will be holding an axe, and you're just like, you're just going to chop wood. This is bullshit. Yeah, I think that's I think that's why I've over the years like I still I still like watching uh, you know the Sundance indie dramas and such, but like. The ones that are like, it's just a slice of life in a, in a pastoral farmstead. I'm like, no, absolutely not. Yeah. No, no, thank you. Where are the mortars and ripping children apart, right? Like, I can't. <laughs> like, oh, they've lowered my guard. I know what's coming next. But like, oh, shit. That actually just was nothing. Yeah. You're like, can the farm be haunted? <laughs> um but yeah, thank you guys so much for uh, joining these recaps this month, for joining in and all the fun, because as Aaron has pointed out before, um, the community part of it makes it way more fun. And that's like yeah. why I think we get such crazy numbers now is like numbers that like I would have thought were a joke when we first started doing this. The numbers that I thought would would have been a complete joke or a complete fraud before, uh, now I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, it's fun to, like, just keep racing, like, not even just racing through them, but, like, chewing through them and, like, sharing what uh, what was good or, like, oh, my God, this movie is miserable, but you have to watch this 30-second period. Like, that's <laughs> that's been such a joy. So, thank you guys for uh, making the Spooktober all the better. Yeah, it's it, it was a lot of fun, and I agree. It's the both the, like, texting about the whatever movies we're watching, but then also just seeing different letterbox ratings pop up and you're like, ooh, I got to add that. Ooh, I got to check out that. I think that it it makes it a lot more fun and helps getting those crazy numbers. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, with yeah. that, I'd say good night. Happy spooking. Just keep spooking. Why stop? Keep on spooking in the fruit world. Thank you so much for listening to We Love to Watch. If you made it to the end, hopefully you liked what you heard today. And if you'd like to hear more, please go to patreon.com slash we love to watch. And if you can chip in a few bucks, that would really help us keep the lights on and keep us moving forward. Uh, it wasn't an implicit threat by Peter. He just didn't know how to say it. But either way, we'll continue to make more. But it would be helpful uh, as we explain to our loved ones where all our money is going, which is all on server space. Uh, <laughs> if you can't, <laughs> uh, if you don't have a few bucks to chip in, we totally understand. And you want to support the show show we truly absolutely would appreciate a uh, review on itunes i know every podcast says it and it's because it really does help and so every podcast wants that help so please go leave us a positive review so that when people find this show organically they hopefully want to tune in and listen and thanks again for all of your listenership and support and time throughout the years uh we really do appreciate you uh with kisses and smooches peter and aaron (laughs) 